Where's Waldo? Did you see him? Where's Waldo? Everyone and welcome to the 45th episode of Slime Time Sidequests, an official Dragon's Den podcast. This is one of your hosts, Platy M3, and this is your other host, Yingus the Legendary Bandit. Happy 2023, everybody! Our last couple of episodes, uh, we were talking about our favorite titles we played in 2022, and now tonight we are going to look forward and talk about our most anticipated games of 2023, aka. The annual Platy goes on and on about sto- sports story episode. Woohoo! No, 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 no. Scratch that, Yankees. Sport sports story actually came out. Oh, it did. Really? When was that? Just this week? Eh, uh, a couple of weeks back. They kind of shadow dropped it on Christmas Eve. Oh well. Uh, hey, you know, I'm uh, sure that made for a very merry Christmas in the Platy household. Uh, not so much. I, hmm. Well, I mean, it's a. Uh, it's been a few weeks, you know, if it came out around Christmas Eve, and, uh, you know, now that you've had it, you know, I'm sure you've beaten it a lot of times by now, right? You probably beat it, like, even the first day you got it, right? Oh, well, about that. Eh, yeah. Whew, man. <laughs> that many already? Well, mm. you know, I imagine you probably, you know, won a lot of the golf tournaments, because I know you were really big on golf story, so, you know, I'm sure you took to that like a fish to water with this new uh, game, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they did have fish in water. That was the fishing part. But, I mean, about that golf stuff. Uh... Oh, that sounds real thrilling, man. And, hey, you know what? I heard they added a ton of new sports, too. You know, how was stuff? You know, how was, how was tennis? You know, that was a big thing that you were looking forward to, right? Total swing and a miss. Cool, cool. Uh, what about the BMX racing? And biking, excuse me. Completely broken. Excellent, excellent. Okay. Uh, you know, what about baseball i mean you know surely that was a home run right yeah um i i don't know the equivalent term because there's no baseball it was just cricket oh okay so there's some bug catching well you know awesome awesome wait did you say cricket like yeah, like the, with like the cr- cricket yeah like with the flat bat thing kind of whatever oh god what <laughs> look you know i don't like to bring up my problems with cricket because you know we want to keep this you know as PG as we can, but mm, really, true. really, you're, you're, you you they, they put cricket in this game. What, what, mm. who, are we cater, who are we catering to? The fucking British people? I mean, for God's sake, those tea drinking motherfuckers! I mean, look at them. They can't even take care of their teeth properly. They sit around <laughs> drinking their tea, <laughs> macking the cricket ball with their flat bass, can't even play baseball properly. These stupid sons of bitch! What the fuck were they thinking? Listen, listen, listen. There's no need to get that angry about it, because, I mean, cricket was the least of this game's issues. They took away any competitiveness in the few golf games that they had. The tournaments aren't even you versus any of the computer guys anymore. It's just you and whatever the hell you score is fine. It just was like, hey, good ground, blah, 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 moving on. Um, They got game-breaking glitches galore. I lost over three hours during the 12 hours that I played with it. Um, the story's all over the fucking place. It doesn't make a lick of sense because nothing explained. It feels like it's just dropped a quarter of the way into some headcanon narrative that nobody else, maybe not even the characters in the game, even knows about. Um, oh, and you know how much I love puzzles and stealth mechanics in my RPGs? Because suddenly that's what, you know, made this game great, right? Dungeons full of puzzles and stealth shit. And, you know, oh, be careful because all those uh, dungeons that you can't save in all the way through. They're glitched to hell. And uh, they were the source of many of my soft resets because I got stuck in graphical glitches, you know, just random hole in the ground that really shouldn't have been a hole in the ground. But thanks to the graphics, it was a hole in the ground. <sighs> okay, all right. 
Curry. I'm sorry. I'm over the Curry thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, didn't mean to lose McCool there. Uh, you know, shout out to our British homies. All right. <laughs> but, uh, Love you, UK. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, right. oh, sorry. Anyway, uh, yikes. Oh, man, I mean, that sounds like you've got a lot of sports, you know, a lot of sports stories to tell us about that game. I mean, oh boy. Yeah. yeah. None good, though. None good. But hey, hey, that was last year. 2023 is a new year. We've got new games that might disappoint us that we're going to look forward to anyway. Yikes. Uh, let's hope they 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 don't, and let's hope they don't dice appoint us. Oh boy. Yeah, dice appoint us. Yeah, uh, it, man, it's, it's, it's a little dicey. Goddamn British are affecting you too. All the way they say their words. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> no. All right. <laughs> all right. Uh, but we do have a lot to look forward to this year, and helping us take uh, that look into 2023 is our die guy Pendy and our call-in aficionado. Matt Kraft, thanks for joining us tonight, guys. You're calling me a die guy? How tactless of you. Huh. I mean, tactless. What in the world is a die guy? Tactless. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Kraft, we, we support your, uh, we, we love your support of all of our fine podcasts here in the uh, Slime Time Extended Universe. <laughs> all right. Yay. Yay. And there Yay. was much rejoicing. <laughs> Yeah. All, right. All right. Well, I think we should just go ahead and get the ball rolling here and get things started. Uh, so who should we put on the chopping block first? You pick. Go ahead. All right. Well, you know what, Platy, you're going first. You're on the first on the list, so get going. <laughs> All right. So uh, first, this one actually I think might come out first of uh, quite a few of these on our list. Um, Rune Factory 3 Special is coming out um the rune factory series has really just in the last three years seen quite the revival we got rune factory 4 special in early 2020 we got uh rune factory 5 came out early last year kind of like uh february march time and um we might be getting rune factory 3 special right around this time because it is slated for a spring uh 2023 release so um this is actually the second rune factory game i played back in the day um, I played the first one, and then I don't know whatever happened to the second one. I ended up having to, like, buy that years later. Um, I have a good old knockoff version of it that worked pretty decently, but luckily I got all my money back on uh, eBay. It was very easy to prove that they'd sent me some knockoff, but hey, it worked, so I didn't bother doing anything else with two. But three's pretty good. Um, the first game in Rune Factory was a little bit rough. It was kind of like playing the old Harvest Moon on the Super Nintendo um, you'd like pick up one little thing and then go stick it in the box and pick up another one. It didn't allow for item stacking. It was really quite slow. But um, the third one, I think, is the most memorable for Rune Factory fans. It's definitely uh, up there for me because it features a main character that could change back and forth between his uh, woolly form. Basically, he could uh, turn into one of the sheep enemies in the game. And with the whole amnesia thing that every one of these Rune Factory games have, um, he doesn't know why he's a sheep or whatever at the beginning. Um, and I, I always hear people talk about how this one's the best with a great story. And I'm like, you know, gosh, I remember absolutely nothing of the story. It's been about nine, ten years since this came out and I played it. But I, I actually remember like where the beach is and where how to get to the summer um, what is it? Uh, they have different regions that you have the spring fields and the summer fields and the winter fields to do your harvesting and everything. And I remember I married the lady that ran the hot tub area, not the hot tub, but there's always a bath that you can uh, regain your stamina once a day there. And if I'm not mistaken, like her favorite food was 
like the most basic fish you could catch at any time, like a sardine or something like that. So I was like, <laughs> I basically married her out of convenience. So I was like, you know, I happen to be walking into this place every day. She's not one of the townspeople that wanders around quite a bit. She's always right there behind the counter. And you know what? Easy to get freaking fish all the time. So here you go. Have a fish. And that's how you get married. The end. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you woo your woman. You give her yep. a fish. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in all these games, there are some characters that just like really like the most expensive freaking cooked steak you got to get this and this and this and have all the seasonings and craft the damn thing and then there's the people that just like the basic stuff like oh i like strawberries damn boom that's it we're getting married because i can give you a strawberry every day and it does not cost a lot of time or effort to do that so (laughs) you know uh, i'm going for the most basic 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 because there's a lot of other stuff to do in the game than crafting so but I've talked about Rune Factory games quite a bit else where I just love these games. I love the farming aspect. It's, you know, something to do. And then mm-hmm. it's got very light action RPG elements. And I'm excited to uh, get back to the, the 2D versions of the game. Rune Factory 5 was, I, I enjoyed it, but holy crap, was that a graphical kind of mess with the graphics popping, taking forever. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it'll be fun to go back and do an old 2d version of this again and like stardew valley is just you know people love that because it's kind of simplistic you know just 2d Mm -hmm. character sprites and whatever um so i'm I'm very excited and this should hopefully come out uh pretty early on in the year so probably the first game that i'm looking forward to in my list that i'll be playing this year Alrighty, yeah you definitely love talking about these games and i've I haven't really been keeping like a close eye on this one but i when i saw that they were coming out with um this um, remaster, whatever you want to call it, it was like, oh, I bet that'll be pretty fun. You know, I'm sure people who, you know, have a nostalgia kick for the originals on the DS or any of the, you know, early ones will be, you know, probably looking into this one right away. And it, like, from what I've seen, it looks like it's a, well, you know, you know, it's a DS game originally, but it's still looking pretty good. And I could see where, you know, what where the appeal is, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, people people love their life simulation games, and mm-hmm. this is it. Romance the townspeople, do a little light RPG battling. It's never very hard. There's a shit ton of crafting in these games. Every time I see a game that has, like, you know, five swords that you can craft for something, I'm like, my God, Rune Factory has, like, eight different types of weapons, and there's usually, like, 40 or 50 of each of those. Oh, my each God. Of those has it. Oh, yeah, and each one has a specific recipe. Like, it's... It, it it's deep it's kind of ridiculous and honestly you could if you craft every 10 of them you're fine <laughs> that 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 surprises me actually i i didn't think that i mean i knew it had the crafting but i didn't think it was going to be like oh you have like you know eight or ten different weapon types and you have you know all these various ver- like not really oh, no, knowing yeah. that much about the series i figured it was just mm-hmm. like oh you have uh your basics like you have a sword you have spears, you have hammers, you know, for like your blunt, your your strike and mm-hmm. your, you know, respectively. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I didn't know that there was like that much in it. That's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, you mentioned that usually there's a short sword, long sword, which takes a longer swing, but goes in a bigger area. Mm-hmm. Um, you usually have twin blades that people can uh, fight with pretty quickly, but obviously does reduce damage to offset that yeah you usually have your hammers your axes um uh, usually have 
like gloves or claws or something like that and maybe one or two other kind of and spears so oh, yeah okay. i mean there's usually like seven or eight and then by the time you get to the armor it's it's insane i think at one one point i looked up like rune factory fours like weapon list and it's uh something like five or six hundred different types of or different weapons it gets into uh wow. was it? Oh, not dark cloud but what was the one that came after that with all the swords uh Brian was playing it rogue legacy rogue legacy or, or uh, not no it's rogue, rogue something Galaxy. Rogue, Rogue Galaxy. Galaxy, that's it, yep. Rogue Legacy is a different game. <laughs> yes, yeah, completely different. And I get excited every time I hear Rogue Legacy. I'm like, no, 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 wrong one. That's why I was like, <laughs> as soon as we said it, it's like, wait a minute, no, that's not right. <laughs> and hopefully this year, uh, 2023, one last thing with Rune Factory, they have promised that they're going to make a new Rune Factory game too, which I think is pretty duh because they made five. Um, shouldn't be Rune Factory 6, though. They're going to make some sort of thing where they're going to kind of reimagine it and Ooh. do another Rune I know, Factory. I know, I know, Rune Factory VR. Let's go. Oh, yeah, you can bend down and pick your damn turnips. <laughs> Imagine that. Oh, man, my now you, can, now you can become the, <laughs> the wooly creature IRL. <laughs> but it, they did they, they did a couple games for the Wii that they didn't number. It was, uh, it was like New Frontiers and... Oh, that's right, they did. Um, yeah. Tides of Destiny. Um, New Frontiers, I played. It was kind of an empty game. I feel like <laughs> they're... they're Moved to like this full 3D on the Wii was kind of like, eh. Um, Tides of Destiny, people, I, I see online, it, it's got like a 60 Metacritic. I really liked it. I played it on, uh, I actually streamed it on the PS3 and PS4 service they used to have, or maybe they still have it. I remember renting it and uh, I gave it a good 30 hours, made it about halfway through the game. I really liked that one. It was, but again, it the mechanics are quite different on, uh, it, it's got all the same things, but the way it does it, it's, yeah, I can see why they're not numbered titles. They played around with it a little bit different. So I'm excited to see them try a different one. Oh, oh or, or maybe it'll be Rune Factory featuring Dante from Devil May Cry. Oh, <laughs> we were just joking about that earlier. I was going to say, if we're talking Dante and Devil May Cry, I think we need to uh, flip over to Matcraft and uh, hear his come first game that, that he's excited race? about. <laughs> Man, I am so looking forward to that racing game. The DLC is going to be so great, Mr. Bean. Oh, man <laughs> uh we, we, we jokingly put in some games for matt craft to talk about tonight and uh the one of the ones that we put in there was uh mr bean's cart bonanza featuring dante from the devil may cry series so uh, yeah yeah platy sent me a reminder for the the document this morning so i was scrolling through filling in my notes and i i saw that there wasn't anything filled in down there so you know i just thought i'd help matt craft down put his games in there that he wanted to talk about so you know I, you know i figured those were like the heavy hitters for this year so honestly them. i could feel, I could realistically see a massive campaign in which they put devil dante from the devil may cry replacing pizarro in four but eh, anyway <laughs> so Honestly, so far, there's only really a couple games that I'm looking forward to super hard in 2023 because I only own a Switch and a couple of Android handheld gaming consoles, and those don't count because they only play old crap. And I don't know if anyone else is going to talk about the new Zelda and obviously, considering the title of this podcast, someone's going to talk about Dragon Quest H. 3 HD, 2D, 2D HD, whichever the one that's going to look like Autopath Traveler is going to be a one-day buy for me, pre-order, complete, new, everything. I want it. But anyway, I'm going to talk about a couple things that are different. 
first one, considering that for the first time in a long time, I'm live. We are going to go on Sakodin the Gate. I can't remember the freaking Sakodin 1 and 2 remaster, even though they put in a different subtitle for it. My first Sakodin game was Sakodin 3 for the PS2, and it was amazing. I loved it. I played through with every single possible Flame Champion, and I killed it. I really didn't get into Sakodin 4. I got into Sakodin 5 a good bit. And of course, the one that we had on the DS, Sakodin Tecritus. You can't pronounce it. They did it on purpose. But considering that they are finally re-releasing 1 and 2 for modern consoles in a way that everyone can play it, I'm really looking forward to see what they do with it. Especially since Konami, for some reason has been doing really good on its stealth remakes. Most of you probably have never seen this, but they actually re-released Symphony of the Night again on mobile console, on, the, on mobile. You can use a controller with it and everything. But with obviously remastered graphics and hopefully a little bit of extra content that maybe we'll see the one starring Nash, what's his name, that go in between two and three, Sakodin. Two and three is going to be great. Sakodin, Sakodin, Sakodin. Now we're going to go to the real reason I'm in the podcast tonight. Kirby is coming out again. They are re-releasing Kirby's Dreamland Deluxe 23 for the Switch. And honestly, I'm looking forward to seeing how they make what was arguably one of the best games for the Wii for me even better, giving Kirby a giant sword and letting him go throughout the entire game again. I just like Kirby, and honestly, seeing Kirby going for a couple years in a row with obviously the success that was Kirby, the Forgotten Land last year, seeing Kirby go back to Dreamland again is going to make me be super happy, and I honestly pre-ordered it like last week. So, Kirby! When's Kirby coming out? I do believe it is sometime in March or April. I can't remember the exact date. I need to look it up. So first half of the year. First half of the year. Sadly, with the Switch this year, excepting the new Zelda coming out, it's going to be really dry. And I'm hoping that sometime later on in the year, we at least see a new Mario or something similar. I'm sure we'll get something. Maybe uh, Mama Luigi's no. Bar Mitzvah. <laughs> Let me tell you, because you guys were alluding to putting a couple games on the backside that you thought were coming out. Well, I did a little bit of YouTubing while y'all were talking earlier, and Waldo is, oddly enough, really releasing Fine Waldo yet again. And Oddlaw is getting his own DLC chapter. It's going to come out on every console. It's going to be $99.99. It's going to be a first day buy for everybody. Oh boy, yet again with the Waldo. All right, well, let's find ourselves somebody else, our, our die guy, and uh, maybe he will uh, talk about the die guy stuff that die guys like. But, Pendy, what's one of the first games you want to talk about? Well, I'm going to save my dyness for last, save the best for last. But first, oh, okay. I'm going to go into something that MacCraft li- lightly touched on, and that is the Dragon Quest Three HD 2D, and which I just found out I had been mispronouncing for I don't know how many months calling it 2D <laughs> HD. Not that it really matters. But yes, Dragon Quest Three HD 2D. So not a whole lot is known about this remake yet. Uh, there's not even an official release date. 
or what systems it's going to be on yet. But guess what 2023 is for this game? Yangus, I'll give this to you. You were the first one I saw that made this connection. Ooh, ooh, Yangus knows. Yangus knows. <laughs> but yeah, uh, this year is actually going to be the 35th anniversary of Dragon Quest III. So um, I remember back when we got the announcement trailer, we were all kind of speculating. And I think it was like, a, a, few, like a, a few weeks later where I said, you know, there's probably a good chance it could come out for the 35th anniversary. And hey, you know, we... Still are kind of in the dark, and you know we just got Dragon Quest Treasures. That was one of the last, you know, big Dragon Quest projects we knew was in the works. And you know, the other big one that they've shown the most off for is Dragon Quest Three HD Two D. So hey, it could be a release this year. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, that's it my came out, Yeah, I, and I I totally agree with you. It came out in Japan February tenth, nineteen eighty eight. So like you said, it's going to be the thirty fifth anniversary for this game this year. So I would bet a ridiculous amount of money that this is most likely coming out sometime this year despite all the other stuff that's been going on in the past couple years covid and all this these other delays with all these other games and stuff like that we know that infinity stretch is probably coming out this year which i'll get into later uh, like you said treasures just came out so i would be shocked i'd be really shocked if this game didn't come out uh this year during 2023 um like we i think we we mentioned it before i think mancraft mentioned it before it uses the octopath traveler graphics engine which looks absolutely fantastic. I, I know I've seen some people here and there that maybe weren't like a huge fan of that, that style that the engine does, but I think it looks great. I mean, I went back and looked at the trailer again today and the fights, uh, the overworld, going through the towns, the day to night cycle, like all the buildings, all the dungeons, all the little graphical tweaks that it has. I just think it looks fantastic. This is like a huge upgrade for this game and I am looking so much forward to it because of you know just what it looks like alone but what else, what else is it going to have I mean will it have an orchestral soundtrack they use the orchestral soundtrack for the trailer so that would indicate to me that they God, probably I are they do yeah, I, I, I really hope they don't go with MIDI again I, they like I'm not like anti-MIDI or anything like mm -hmm. that but like come on you have these orchestral versions of the songs just go ahead and use them like come on yeah, it just I makes mean, me, I don't, like from and, and playing you're all you're blowing the, the graphics from like you know flat to like this awesomeness. Like, yeah, do it because like the thing is too with the other HD 2D games, like all of them have used this. Like even the ones that aren't uh, you know re or well the remake and non remake ones that have come out so far, like uh, Triangle Strategy, Octopath Traveler, mm -hmm. and Live Alive from last year. Like all of them have you know really gone above and beyond with presentation and like music, the graphics, everything. So. I mean, I really hope that they do the exact same thing with this one and they don't just go like, eh, MIDI music only. Because that, that'd be stupid. I'm sorry, but it would be a really dumb decision if they did that. Like, yeah, I'd be disappointed. Because especially this being such a huge upgrade as it is, as you say, like to not take advantage of using an orchestral soundtrack at that point would be silly. Yes. Um, no matter what format it comes out on. They, they need to do that. And, I mean, this happens to be the soundtrack that I happened to see Koichi Sujiyama uh, conduct, it, conduct live on my last visit to Japan. So it has like special meaning to me too, having to see, having seen this entire soundtrack live. Um, it would be great if they could do that for this game as well. So we'll see, we'll see. But you know, there's also you know, some other extra features that we've seen over the years. Sometimes we see them in the different remakes and sometimes if it's a mobile version, we don't, uh, as people have been kind of uh, annoyed about uh, when it comes to the mobile versions of 3. But what will we see? Will we see Treasures and Traps, what's known as TNT or the Pachisi ports, depending on your localization that you're familiar with? <laughs> will we have 
monster medals that unlock a bonus ice cave past the other you know post-game stuff that they've added like the zen the, the standard zenlon area where you get to make the mm-hmm. wishes so you know platy and yangas you guys were talking about this before in the discord what did you think would be some ways they might implement this well first uh my opinion was they need to fire anybody that brings up putting these fucking medals in the game again because I agree fuck with the you. guy who decided to put them on the goddamn gpc version and fuck the other guy who set the rp or rng levels for those things to drop oh my god but yeah. but you know if it has to happen I, I think there's a lot of games out there that show ways that this could actually you know the whole point about dragon quest when this series came out was they wanted a game accessible to everybody that even little kids even if you weren't good enough to you know beat that final boss you could go grind and earn a couple levels and come back and do it again well they totally fucked with that with the monster medals because no matter how much you played i mean i I guess it didn't matter how much you played if you put in like 500 hours you probably get them but it it wasn't like you could really do much to affect that and uh yeah, Yangus and I went back and forth with this the other days. And one of the things I thought is, you know, maybe they could award medals based on the number of victories. Yep. Um, yep, the Pokemon Arceus game that came out just about a year ago. Um, I think if you caught 15 or battled 15 Pokemon, you'd fill up their Pokedex entry every, you know, so often mm-hmm. that you fought them, you'd get more. Heck, the um, Treasures game does the same thing, right? The number that of uh, monsters that you beat, it fills out their uh, monster book yep. entry a little bit more. And Heroes um, does uh, something like that too. Yeah, Dragon Quest Heroes had the uh, you're supposed to or Dragon Fight Quest so Heroes too. Fight so many slimes and you get a bonus, yep. whatever that that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah, theirs was in the hundreds, but, you know, this could obviously be scaled way down. Mm-hmm. Um, I even said, I was like, you know what? Maybe the first time you kill a monster, it's a 10% chance that you get it. By the time you get to number, you've killed a monster 10 times, it's a 100% drop or something like that. Yeah. And you don't in any way need multiples or, you know, so you're not just getting them all the time like crazy, yeah. whatever. Just, yeah, there, there's ways to do it. And, Yangus, you mentioned... Uh, I brought up like maybe it could be tied into the job system, which obviously is a big part. Yeah. So that was my, that was my um, that was my thinking for it. So I don't hate the monster medals. I think they're a good idea, but I just think they had poor execution for how they were mm-hmm. obtainable in the original. Because I mean, like I personally think you know it's cool that every monster, even the ones that are just all the recolors, had you know their own unique look for each of the medals back on the the Game Boy Color. Because like if you had like oh like for instance like the caterpillar enemies like. The first enemy caterpillar has just like a pretty standard looking one. Then you get to um, like the next like recolor of the caterpillar enemy from later on. That's like the the blue and purple one, and it has a more unique looking sprite on its. You know, so it was it was a good idea. Just a very bad execution. <laughs> I, I don't know why why they did how they handled it the way they did, but you know, um, I, my thinking was that they could do something related to the job class system where like um, the merchant class, it always finds extra gold after battles. Yeah. You know, why not make it so instead of finding extra gold, it has a higher chance of, you know, finding a monster medal and that makes um, sense. for one that you don't have, like make that kind of the priority. And then when like, if you get to a certain amount, like first off, I think they need to get rid of the whole bronze, silver, gold thing. Just make it just, it's one monster medal for each monster, you know, you get it, boom, you're good. You know, you have the medal. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Or if they want to make it gold, silver, bronze, just make it, you have to get, like, one of each. You know, that's it. Not this, like, oh, you have to get, like, 10,000, like, 10 of each one or whatever. Oh, <laughs> However, yeah. it worked in the old one. But, um, yeah, like, that was my thing to have that. Or, like, the thief could have 
potentially steal one from an enemy, like, in combat. Or you could even have, you know, since the, the gadabouts tend to be a little more, you know, crazy, have it, like, if you have one of them, that they can suddenly be like, uh, your gadabout sees something shiny and runs behind the enemy. Look, it stole the, the monster metal of da-da-da-da-da. Uh, that'd be funny, because they have so many, like, goofy little actions that they do that mm. you that you don't expect. And, yeah, when we were talking about that, like... That was my thinking, too. Like, are they going to, uh, with this remake, going to try and give um, the classes, you know, more of their abilities and skills like we've seen in some of the later Dragon Quest games? Are they going to keep it more in line with how it was in the original? Like, personally, I'm hoping that, like, with, um, with especially with, like, your fighters and merchants and the, your martial artists, since the three of them uh, in the original game really don't have a whole lot of spells and abilities, or, like, in the fighters and the martial artists case, they have none. They just, you know, they're just used for attacking or defending. I hope that they'll add in, like, stuff like Flame Slash, Dragon Slash, you know, Metal Slash, you know, all those different kind of specialized attacks that they've added, just so, you know, they have a little more variety and not just, you know, you're pushing the A button as soon as you get to them, like, oh, attack. Yeah, attack, or like, like Flying like, Knee or one of the, or any of the multiple skills that they've added yeah. to those classes over the years or hell at, maybe they'll even add new classes who knows what they'll do with this remake yeah. Ooh. I, i'm just fun. mainly hoping that they'll do uh if they just keep with all the you know the the standard classes plus the you know thief class that they added to the super famicom one mm-hmm. that they give them they they, they kind of bring them more in line almost with how they are more modern games or you know maybe that they do uh like uh, classic mode or you know a revamp mode so if you want to experience the game with kind of the old styles but you know you want to still enjoy the new graphic music and everything you can play it that way or you can play with the revamp where you know you can play where the game's a little more like um modern dragon quest games where all your job classes uh you know they gain unique abilities and spells as they level up you know all right There's... get your head out of the etrian odyssey untold series <laughs> <laughs> but you know i think that could be a fun idea kind of like the dragon the draconian settings with the we oh, saw with dragon true. quest 11 so oh, that, that that's would... kind of that's kind of my thinking. Like it could be something like that. That would be fun if they brought in draconian settings too, because there's all sorts of uh, different ways that people like to play these games. Like Dragon yeah. Quest Three in particular, I've seen uh, uh, you know over the years where they like to do special challenges. Like they only beat it with a hero. I just saw someone the other day that did a quest where they only used Kanek in, in Dragon Quest Two uh, to try and just beat it with him. So the, if they actually put in like real draconic settings like they had in 11 that would be a fun addition i agree yeah. with that yeah because that, that was kind of the one of that, our that, that kind doing... of the thinking that i had like you could have your draconic mode where it's like oh it plays like you know the originals um just uh you know now instead it has um you know obviously the better graphics and stuff you know and of course you know it'd be really cool if they brought back um like the stronger monsters things for like those of us that like a you know a little bit more of a challenge or something like that or but, like yeah. the uh the townspeople talk tripe which i think they added to the switch the the uh yeah that's in the, the switch version edition yep. that would be that'd be fun too i'm just imagining all like the different townspeople and three just saying all sorts of goofy things that'd be great and they could say, and they could even do things where, like, um, like the game does this just like a little bit, but not like a whole lot. But they could come up with some creative ways to say different goofy things, depending on whether you're going to be like the male or the female hero, and things like that. So that'd be fun too. Yeah, but, but yeah, you know, okay. hopefully we'll hear more this year about uh, now the Dragon Quest Treasures is out. Hopefully we'll hear some more uh, within the coming months. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure we will. I'm, I bet we'll get. I, I doubt it's going to come out in february when it originally came out but i'm like i would i'm 99 percent sure that there'll be some sort of announcement 
you know, in the month that it came out, which will be, let's see, next month. I bet you there'll be an announcement next month because it'll be the anniversary month. So I would yeah. bet there'd be some kind of announcement or update or something about it at that yeah. point. I could see this being um, with Octopath Traveler 2 coming out next month as one of their next big HD 2D games. I could see Dragon Quest 3's remake coming out like maybe late summer, maybe sometime in the fall. Maybe it's going to be like a big winter game for them, you know? Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like how Treasures was. So, yeah. you know, we'll see. We'll see. Or is it going to be the traditional uh, Dragon Quest uh, September window? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We'll see. Yep. But you know, hopefully this won't be uh, bare bones like the like the mobile Switch versions were, because that was you know that was missing a lot of stuff. But I'm really hopeful because you know just from the trailer alone, you can see that they have mon- great monster animations, spell animations, uh, like some of the previous remakes had uh, for like the Super Famicom and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So in the game, and even the Game Boy Color version had monster animations as well. So I'm I'm looking forward to this. This is like. I'm really anticipating that this will come out this year and it will be one of the, the the games I'm really looking forward to. And I hope that they get around to giving the same treatment to one and two, like Yuji Hori stated that he was thinking about maybe doing as well during that, that uh, 35th anniversary celebration uh, special that they did. And they kept whistling at him to, to be quiet. Like, no, don't talk about that. Don't talk about the secret. The I was, secret. I was wondering where that was coming from. Because <laughs> if you don't trying remember, to whistle, had to be quiet. Yeah, if you don't remember well, from the special, they had these people of whistles that would whistle at him even every time he would say too much that he wasn't supposed to reveal. So he started talking about like, oh, I could do this with one and two, two, and they're like, oh, the whistles came out, and they're just whistling him to death. It was it was hilarious. And, and I think I've said this before, like, wouldn't it be really easy to do one and two? I mean, if you're doing the whole graphics engine yeah. and you're putting all these monsters in there, listen, you've got eighty percent of the freaking graphics ready to go. You've got eighty percent of your assets ready to mm-hmm. do Dragon Quest two and Dragon Quest one. Like, yeah. You, you, and you've I can, got got a lot of it, and I can see why they're doing three first because three is such an iconic title in Japan. That's where yeah. it like blew the fuck up in Japan, where people were just lined out for days in the streets, and it's still one of the most you know it, it's one of the favorite games of people in Japan, even all these years later. Like that's why when they did that live show for the 30th anniversary, it was mostly a lot of like Dragon Quest three stuff was involved. And you see Zoma all over the place when it comes to rides and events and all sorts of stuff. So I can see why they wanted to do three first. But yeah, they should. De- there's no reason why they shouldn't do one and two as well. I agree. Hey, much like the Game Boy Color ones, maybe they could put that together on a sell it together one and two. Exactly. Like three, three. I mean, that's what they've done. The, that's what they've done. This well, except for the, they didn't do that. Well, the Switch, they did all three. But yeah, the, ah, the Switch, that was a they copy did all three. And paste job. <laughs> <laughs> the Game Boy Color, they put them together, um, and the then Wii also version, Super they put Famicom. Them together, right? Yeah, they they did a, a special Wii, the one that we didn't get, where they yeah. put all three of them together. Oh, that's right. And they had yeah, the, it was the 25th anniversary release where they put the original Famicom and Super yep. Famicom versions all together. Yep, exactly, exactly. I was disappointed we didn't get that one. That would have been great because that was that we never got like the original originals because the ones that we got the NES Dragon Warrior ones they tweaked the graphics and did all these improvements. But the th- the ones that they threw on the Wii were like the like bare bones originals. That would have been interesting because we just never got that for better or worse. Probably for the better, because I don't. I don't think. I think pass doing a password for your save would have been annoying. I actually did. <laughs> I played the original recently because they had a fan translation for it, and I used the password system. And was like, oh my god, I'm glad I didn't have to do this as a kid. But it would have been interesting <laughs> nonetheless. All right. Well, I think we're all excited for that one. Definitely. I mean, hey, we are a Dragon Quest podcast in general, so you know, DQ two. We love you, DQ three. Yangus. What else are we looking forward to loving this year? 
I'll tell you, I'm I'm loving and hungry for a big old slice of pizza. And what oh, better way to good. Oh yes, and what better way to make pizza than by going to Pizza Tower? Mamma mia. Yeah, so this is a game that's coming out in uh, I believe the end of this month on the 26th, I believe is the the planned uh, release date as of now. Uh, this is a indie game made by actually just one guy, I believe. Unfortunately, I didn't look up a whole bunch of details ahead of time, so I apologize on that. But I do have a few notes here. Uh, so this is a game that's heavily inspired by the Wario Land series of platformers, uh, particularly taking influence from Wario Land 4 uh, from the Game Boy Advance. Uh, the game, like I said, is due out at the end of January, and it stars the pizza maker Pepino, who journeys to the fabled Pizza Tower <laughs> to find the best ingredients he can, so he can save his business. He is helped by an assortment of weird characters and is at odds with The Noise, a character based on Domino's The Noise. He's even got the big cheesy grin and everything and has a little gremlin laugh, so definitely a big old shout out to that. <laughs> uh, but the game is an over-the-top style of platform. Uh, you have all sorts of abilities that you can end up unlocking or that can affect you depending on what you touch in the level. Uh, so say if you get set on fire, you're all of a sudden be running at a much faster speed. Any, anything that has like a flame on the block that you touch, it'll disappear. So this is a game that if you're used to, if you've played any of the Wario Land games from the Game Boy Color or the Game Boy Advance, or if you played Wario Land Shake It on the Nintendo Wii, uh, you're going to probably feel right at home. And everything I've watched about it is making me go, oh yeah, this will look like it's going to be a fun and hectic time. Uh, but anyway, uh, from the preview builds, uh, the latest one, funny enough, being called the Eggplant Build, which I sent a picture to Platy and it's just a picture of Pepino standing in the corner with an ice cream cone that's melting just like this super sad face. <laughs> it's great. Um, uh, uh, you can build up a lot of long combos uh, and, and uh, by your actions uh, by destroying enemies, you know, getting rid of obstacles in your way, you know, just keeping up a high speed, you know, whatever you can do to try and keep it going. Or you can just, you know, play like normal, like a normal platformer. No need to rush if you don't want to. But, you know, the, the faster you're going, the bigger the combo, you know, the higher score you'll get at the end of, the game, at, at the end of uh, each level, excuse me, you know, get a better score. But, you know, play it how you want to. Uh, with, with playing the game, your main goal is to destroy what's called the Pillar John at the end of each stage. Uh, collecting these little pizza topping guys. I forget the official name for them, but they basically look like little pizza ingredients like cheese, tomato, uh, mushroom, everything with big googly eyes and little stick legs. They just run after you and follow you around. Uh, and you have to hightail it back to the entrance as fast as you can. Uh, in the style of Wario Land, though, uh, new routes open up once you do this and you take out the Pillar John, who's essentially your end of level, uh, meaning your return trip uh, to the beginning of the stage is not going to be the same as your climb up to it. And um, like I said, this game is just... It's pretty much just chock full of craziness. If you watch any trailers or gameplay, like the enemies are all really weird. The graphics are very cart. I love how animated and cartoonish everything looks, especially like Pepino's actions. Um, what's watching trailers for it, if you watch the corner, like the top, I think it's the top right corner of the screen, there's a little TV and little screen that shows um, Pepino's, like a close up of his face and reactions. And it's so funny how, depending on what you're doing, his reactions will change. Like if you, uh, like jump into something cold, like all of a sudden, like it's zooming in, like teeth start chatting real fast. And when you're running at high speeds, like all of a sudden it, it cuts to him, like like uh, getting real close to the TV camera, like he's like running at high speeds, he's got sweat flying everywhere. It's it's very silly and I, I love it. It looks like it's just gonna be a ton of fun and just, you know, like it looks like the guys who made the Sprite work, you know, they just had a great time doing it. And I love that it's just, it's just full of all these pizza chain references from like Domino's, Pizza Hut, you know, probably some other ones that I can't think of, but like, like if like if you know like and like pizza like um, what is it uh, Papa John's that's like that's where Pillar John gets his name from, <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's just it's very over the top very silly and 
definitely seems like something that's been a, a real passion project for the for I believe it's just one guy who's been behind this game for about uh, I think it's three or four years he's been working on this one and uh, it's been it's been fun watching it change over the years too I, I found out about it uh, I believe it was early last year and I kind of read up on the changes and stuff and then we had the the uh, eggplant build that came out which was like going to be uh, pretty much identical to what the final version is going to be I believe and it's really cool to see how it's changed and how there's been some new stuff added including uh, a new playable character who's going to be um, someone you swap out with in levels depending on where you're at so uh, definitely looks like it's just going to be you know a silly fun goofy time and you know I'm, I'm really looking forward to checking it out as of now I think it's only going to be on Steam but you know, hopefully in the future, uh, you know, if it, the game's success, it'll be able to come to uh, some of the other consoles like PS4, Switch, PS5, you know, whatever the whatever the case might be. So, but yeah, that's what I'm really looking forward to, especially as someone who grew up and, you know, really enjoyed Wario Land 4 and then going back and playing the other Wario Land games and having a really great time with uh, Wario Land on the Switch. But um, definitely gives me Wario Land 4 vibes and hey, you know what, I'm all for it because that game is fantastic and this game's looking like it's just going to be a lot of fun. And that's... That, I think that's great. Just going to be a fun time. All right. So uh, I'll, I'll continue the India loving here. Um, go shortly into my second game that I've got listed for this year that I'm looking forward to. And this is one that uh, a bunch of the staff of the RP Gamer that I'm associated with um, has been like just going crazy for, for about a year. Uh, the game is a little indie title called WrestleQuest. Oh, and- yeah, brother. <laughs> Sorry, and, I, had, and I had to do it once. <laughs> hey, uh, apparently they're they're getting uh they've got guys right on the webpage. They make references to uh, Macho Man Randy Savage and Jake the Snake Roberts, Andre the Giant. So uh, I guess they got some licenses at least for some of these old characters because um, it's not just kind of looking like them. It's all on their game page saying those names. So uh, oh really? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, so the cream is gonna rise to the top. It very well may. Um, and I kind of wrote here, like, you know, I'm getting a little bit too old, I think. I, I keep using this excuse this year. Maybe it's just my grumpiness, and now I have an excuse for it. Uh, I turned 45, and now I get to say I'm too old for this shit. Um, <laughs> but I, I've been playing Monster Hunter Stories 2, trying to get back into this again. I, I've got 24 as in, hours into it, like double what I have the uh, first time I tried it. And I'm just like, oh, man, this is just the same thing. Like, every, it just go out, beat a monster, come back. Go out, beat another monster, come back. Go out. And, and I mean... Monster Hunter. <laughs> uh, yep, yeah, 100%. But, I mean, also, isn't that the game loop of, like, pretty much every JRPG anyway? So, uh, you know... Say, like, it's pretty much you're playing how a Monster Hunter game normally goes, just in turn-based form. And yep. to me, it sounds like, great, that's awesome. Like, I love doing that. <laughs> but you're so, right, I mean, it's like, it like another JRPG. It's, <laughs> yeah. So, um... And so I love inter- and JRPG is what I play like 95% of the time. So it, it, this one looks like something that definitely like changes it up. Although it still has turn-based battles. So that I think that's the one that's what totally got me on this. So I'll read a little bit from the Nintendo page because uh, a lot of my knowledge from this is just from random articles over the time and just hyped that there is going to be a fucking wrestling turn-based battle RPG. Like, right there, I'm not into wrestling, but you know what? This is different, and different is what I like looking for in uh, the indie titles. I, I don't always play an indie title that is just like, hey, it's like Final Fantasy 1, but with our twist on it, or hey, it's another Dragon Quest kind of clone, or hey, we're every Kemco game ever, which is RPG by numbers. So... Uh, <laughs> Um, 
But I got to read this probably in my wrestling voice with with, what they put in uh, all caps. This is going to be the ultimate pro wrestling adventure. Yes, because it has power bombs and pile drive that you can uh, play your way through a massive pixel art universe where professional wrestling and RPG fantasies collide. Like right there. I'm like, yep, pixel art. Great. Looks beautiful. And just, you know, again, the, the mix of wrestling and turn-based battles, I, I just cannot wait to see what the fuck that actually is. Um, uh, you will be able to wrestle with destiny! <laughs> take the hero's journey in tights! You can upgrade from an aspiring rookie to a world champ by training, learning, glamming, and slamming to the top of the pro wrestling food chain. So, uh... <laughs> It sounds like uh, there might be some training things. It looks like you'll be having, you know, got to grind to get up that eye. Um, and your idols await! Draw inspiration from wrestling icons like Macho Man Randy Savage, Jake the Snake Roberts, and even Andre the Giant. Explore worlds based on their lofty careers. So, again, this is not just like, hey, look at this guy that we kind of drew like him. Like, it, it sounds like they actually based the world around some of the careers of these guys, so... I, I mean, I vaguely know of them. I've seen them on TV, you know, when I was younger. Um, wasn't a huge wrestling fan, but I mean, how can you be a kid in the 80s and not know who Andre the Giant and Randy Savage is and some of these guys? So uh, there's going to be heart-pounding action with the classic RPG combat when it meets the wrestling moves, match styles, and gimmicks galore. And right there, that gimmicks galore is what makes me think, yes. All right, give me give me turn-based battles, but then do second, something absolutely freaking crazy with it. Time button presses or, you know, while I'm in the air getting ready to do a body slam, or I wouldn't be in the air for a body slam, but, you know, doing those moves, I want to I wanna hit something and have some good fun stuff. And then, uh, of course, the, the end of their uh, advertisement is good guys, bad guys, lizards, robots, and more. So apparently there will be some wild realms, exotic monsters, action figure fighters, and spandex allies await in this fantasy goes beyond the ring. So it, it <laughs> I mean, this could be a complete flop. This could be a complete failure of a game come out broken as hell and whatever. But, you know, at least I, I'm looking forward to it at some point to just see how ridiculous it goes. Because, I mean, if anything, if you know anything about wrestling, it's not exactly a a boring thing to take part in when or is this watch. Coming out? Ah, this one's set. It's got a date. Oh gosh, why didn't I write it down? I want to say it's late April or May. Because I had it, I had no idea that this existed, and I am super hyped for it. This might be my most anticipated game of the year now. Like <laughs> Macho Man Randy Savage in a turn-based RPG. What? That is amazing. Throw in some Sergeant Slaughter action in there, and then you you got me. You got me. Now this 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 is a this is hilarious. This is like this reminds me of like how they took Yakuza the Yakuza games, and they're like, hey, you know what? Screw all the stuff we did before, and we're gonna make it like a turn-based Ren Quest type thing. I was like, oh wow, awesome, yeah. amazing. This is I mean, this is this is hilarious because I grew up with these guys. Like I'm not into wrestling anymore, but like when I was a kid. All these guys from the 80s, like, I loved them. I watched it all the time. I had the action figures and stuff. So I would love a, a turn-based RPG with a bunch of wrestling icons of the past. I'm I'm all over this. This is right up my alley. I'll, I'll, that's great. I love it. Oh, man. Why can't I find, you know, even the Steam page does not have the, uh, like, when it's coming. It's supposed to be coming to Steam and PlayStation 4, basically everything. PlayStation okay. 4 and 5, Switch, Xbox, Xbox One, blah, blah. You know, it's supposed to come to everything. I wonder if it'll all come at the same exact time. 
But um, yeah, I just threw a link in there for you in the uh, Discord or in the Skype. But uh, no, is there it, a trailer? I, there is. If you go to this, um, I don't know if the trailer is on their website. It should be. Oh, it is. Well, yeah. I'm sure I can find the announcing YouTube trailers. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, it's right on the top of their page, and there's more on the Steam page. So I hope this isn't like, oh, it comes to Steam this year, and we'll get it to consoles in another year or two. But uh, this one's been in development for a while, which is why I think I've heard about it so many times from people. Mm. Um, we've had people at RP Gamer like play demos of this at uh, PAX or something like that in the past year or so. Um, if you look at the their the main page, it looks like all these figures, like the Andre the giant and jake the snake and everybody on the front there those are action figures like oh there's sergeant slaughter oh there you go he's, he's right, right there on behind the him right yeah. next to the macho man yeah look at his macho elbows man. if you look at the elbows those are action figures they're not like oh yeah real people sprites oh wow oh yeah so these guys oh no macho man's the, the big the guy with the sunglasses oh what's the guy behind him andre with the giants must, to the right goofy, must, goofy mustache i don't recognize that guy I recognize so, most of the others, though. Oh, there's that famous tag team. I forget their names. Yep. But, oh, this is awesome. I like this. This is awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. This is I so mean, goofy. It's, <laughs> it's great, though. And that's the thing. I'm like, you know what? If, 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 and hopefully this is like one of those like 10 to 15 hour games that you can just have a guilty pleasure of playing through in a week or something and just laugh your ass off. And hopefully the gameplay pulls it through. But I think I'll be laughing my way through it anyway, no matter mm -hmm. what. <laughs> oh, this, this just looks ridiculous. I love it. All right. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, I haven't really watched paid attention to this one too much, but hopefully there'll be like um, some stuff kind of like a, a, a what the hell is his name? Uh, Matsuro's chapter in uh, Live Alive, where his whole chapter is basically a fighting game tournament in the style of a turn based RPG. So, hey, you know what? If this game is like that, too, then great. Sign me up. That's a lot of fun in that game. <laughs> oh, nice. Get to trick your enemies into using their skills and you can turn them against them. It's a lot of fun. So, hey, hopefully they'll do something like that in this, too. If, and you know what? Just the idea of using characters like Randy Savage and stuff to to play your way through the game is great. All right. Well, you know, this isn't the only game about uh, punching people or uh, kicking them that we have on our list tonight. Pendy, you want to go into your second game that you're looking forward to this year? Yes, I sure do. <laughs> Let me tell you all about it. Maybe I should have read the chat before I... Uh, did that uh, intro. Oh, wait. Oh, Pendy, you're back. Okay. Oh, I'm back. I'm back. I'm sorry. I had Perfect timing. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And I saw that just as I said, hey, Pendy, you want to say, talk about your game? Because we're talking about punching and kicking, and uh, I think that goes well with your number two game here. Oh, yeah. Perfect combination. Since we're talking about wrestling, now we're going to talk about street fighting. Specifically, Woo! fighting in the street for uh, the sixth time. Not the fifth time. Not the fourth time. The sixth time. Because we're talking about Street Fighter Six. Well, is and this like six or sixty? Because how many versions of two were there? <laughs> there this, like, is this is probably more like Street Fighter, like '89 and stuff like uh, that. Yeah, there was like I don't know, twenty versions of two, maybe more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah <laughs> and the, the most recent one just came out on Switch, like in early 2018. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like to learn more about all the versions of Street Fighter Two, listen to an earlier episode of Dragon Quest Slime Time Side Quest from I mean, last summer. Yeah, don't I mean, worry. Yeah, I mean, Capcom got you know built a reputation off milking certain games and certain franchises and they like they started it with two there was they milked two as much as they possibly could and well and still continue to do so but especially back in the day where they just came out with every new little tweak version that they could to just keep it keep it going keep it going and it all started they started the reputation of what they did with two it was yeah but yeah now they're up to six um 
five uh, was kind of a disappointment. It, it was such a, a weird and disastrous release where they kind of released a piecemeal, piecemeal uh, with a lot of standard features that were missing, like arcade mode and a bunch of other stuff. It was just a, it was just very weird. Um, it just wasn't as great as four that really revived the series big time because like Street yeah. Fighter um, Like the main series anyways, like there had been some good stuff with the versus series But like the main series it kind of died off and three was three was a good game But it was very technical and wasn't everybody's favorite But then they came out with four and people just went nuts including myself and it really revived that series uh, but five they tried to follow it up with five just didn't play as well as in my opinion and they had a weird release for it but now they're going to. Now they've hopefully learned from their mistakes, and they're coming out with six. And the hype is coming back. I what I've seen of it, like it just looks amazing to me. Um, it's going to come out on everything underneath the sun: PlayStation 4, 5, Windows, you know, the two Xbox types that are running. Uh, it's going to come out uh, June 2nd, 2023. Also, there'll be, of course, an arcade uh, machine for it as well. There's going to be lots of fun characters returning with some brand new ones. Uh, I've got the list. It's going to be Chun-Li, Luke, Ryu, Ken, Guile, Jamie, Kimberly, Jury, E-Hondi, 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 DJ, Manon, Marissa, JP, and supposedly there's a leaked character list that also has Zangief, Kami, Rashid, ooh, Rashid was in five, I liked it, I actually one of the characters from five I liked, Ed, Akuma, Mimi, Lily, and AKI. So that's the character list that we have so far. Uh, looks pretty good. I'm in particular. I'm very excited to see. Um, oh, what's her name? Uh, Jury. I am excited to see Jury from Street Fighter 4 return because she was not in five. I don't believe from all the characters. Yeah, she is. Was, She's in five. Is she in five? Oh, I tried. I looked it up yeah. beforehand. But, well, damn it. Yeah, well, she I'm. Was one of the, she was one of the first batch of DLC characters. Uh, okay. Well, I missed that, but I'm glad she's back then. She's like one of the characters I liked a lot in 4. I, I mean, admittedly, I didn't really play much of 5 because I wasn't too impressed with it. Um, but I really liked her in 4. It wasn't my best character, but her moveset was a lot of fun. So I'm glad to see her back among all the other returning characters that we know of so far. And there is going to be a new mystery character that is integrated into a new mode. And that mode is called War... Yeah world tour mode where you can actually create your own custom character which as far as i know is a first in street fighter at least for the main series uh you can take him or her around some sort of open world that they have uh, open world environment that they've created for this mode and you'll train under different masters for increased stats and new moves so not a whole lot of details on that yet, but that is very exciting. Um, I, I had a lot of fun in some other series like Soul Calibur, like making my own characters. So to have it in the Street Fighter engine, I think that will be a lot of fun to be able to create your own character and have the different movesets and, and whatnot. But don't worry. Uh, there's also going to be the classic modes. There's going to be arcade mode, training, local versus online modes as well. So it's not just that. Uh, they rebuilt the game uh, using the RE engine, which is, I believe, called Reach for the, Mo Reach for the Moon engine uh, for the first time. So this is what enables them to do a lot of the new features that they're doing. The big uh, mechanic for this game is called the drive meter. It replaces the V-Gage from 5. This is where you're going. what's going to allow you to do super moves, counters, parries, reversals, etc. And if you abuse it too much, 
you'll get into some sort of vulnerable burnout state. So you can't overdo it. Uh, apparently, your custom character will somehow be able to bring in the various mentors that you meet for special attacks as well. So that'll be cool. Maybe a little assist attacks that you can do with your custom character if you want to. There's also going to be an optional simplified con control scheme for newer players. So it's just going to be like three buttons of attacks and like a fourth to do special moves and stuff like that. The standard control scheme will be there as well, but you can switch to the simpler one if you want to, which is nice. Uh, other fighting games have done that in the past, and that's always nice when you can have a more simplified one for people who just want to button mash and do whatever. It's great. Uh, the character designs, for the most part, I think look pretty cool, uh, except for uh, Ken. Ken looks really weird. Uh, he looks really weird to me. Uh, there's been a lot of memes about Ken. He kind of, his new design, he kind of looks like a homeless man uh, compared to what he's looked like in the past. It's like his wife uh, left him and took the kids, and now he fights in the streets for money. It appears that that's what he's doing these days. At least that's what his character design <laughs> looks like to me. Uh, right now, there's uh, special, edi special editions and different pre-order uh, packages that you can do right now. Uh, there's also like the standard character pass system for DLC, DLC characters that will come out throughout the year as you do in fighting games these days i'm hoping that they learn from their mistakes that they made in five which were many and i hope that six is a huge improvement i know i'm looking forward to it i'm gonna wait i'm not gonna i don't know if i'm gonna pre-order it i don't know if i'm gonna get day one i may like wait a week to see what the reactions are but i still despite my wariness i'm still very hyped for this game it, so far it looks pretty cool and uh yeah it, it, what do you guys think for for those that are, are into fighting games? I know Yangus, you play, you dabble in the in the fighting games a little bit. Hold on a second. Have you tried any of the uh, free weekends that they've done so far? No. Okay. I, I know they've done at least two of them. Where it, and I'm, I'm guessing it's probably just on um, like PC or something, or I don't know, maybe PlayStation Five. But I know they've had a couple where they've like turned it on for forty eight hours. Oh, and let people wow. like mess around with oh, just cool. you know almost yeah. like beta testing or something but like correct for, for yeah right. okay i'll have to look those up and see if there's one come it's not coming out until june so they'll probably do some more before between now and then mm -hmm. yeah i'm i've kind of followed this one i'm not honestly for a fighting game series like street fighter is not really one that i'm super big into i like street fighter alpha 2 and street fighter 3 third strike but you know mm -hmm. i've tried playing some of the other ones and they really i they're just not for me i'm more of a king of fighters guy for a more traditional fighting oh, game but that's right i mean right. It's, still, it, it's still looking pretty cool though so I, i'm just hoping that they bring back q from third strike that's all i want just please capcom bring back that weird character i love him <laughs> <laughs> is that the, the the tall gangly guy that's all like grayish and, and stuff and got the weird face uh no that, he's like no? the guy dressed up in like a detective outfit that has the metal mask oh, covering his face oh that guy and nobody I know who nobody knows about. if he's human or if he is a robot or what yep. he is now i know who you're talking about yeah okay yeah. that'd be cool yeah he was a, he was a, he was a cool character from three i know and he's so weird and there's like no real information i'd love it if they bring him back and just be like what is this guy doing here and they still don't give you an answer <laughs> <laughs> it's just like he just, he just shows up just because <laughs> that'd be great uh but yeah no I'm, i'll be curious to see how uh this game turns out i'm probably it's probably not one one of the one that i'm gonna play myself but i'm sure it'll be like the other ones where i still watch um you know tournaments at like evo and things like that you know see what the the top tier or the the top players are you know doing and how, how they're making the most of the out of the game and everything i'm sure it'll be fun to watch yeah it's 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 looking it's looking good like uh like i said i didn't really play five all that much that's why I didn't even realize that Jury was actually in that one too. But yeah, the character roster looks good, and I'm sure 
and of course, you know, like any fighting game, they're going to come out with a bunch of different characters over the next couple of years to add to it. So hopefully, hopefully they they do this one right, and uh, it'll be very enjoyable. Because I because I remember, you know, back in the day with four, I used to play that nonstop and played it online all the time, and it was great. So hopefully they can bring back bring back the magic of four because five was kind of eh, compar- comparatively. So yeah, I looked it up. They've had two beta test weekends. Uh, looks like maybe uh, like November and December, and there's no word on a third one yet so cool i'll just keep i'll have to keep my eye out for it now that yep, i know that they do it well i don't know what you got pendy but it is for the uh the best of the best like playstation 5 xbox elite and uh oh, PC okay. versus steam, via steam kind of people well that 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 may not be i don't have a five <laughs> yet so, so that may not be me yet but this is the kind of game that if it's uh, if it turns out pretty well, it may uh, convince me to finally get a five. So, mm-hmm. you know, and that that won't be until the summer. That's like still yeah, yeah. a long ways away from now. So that might be my my console my console uh, game that gets me to, to switch to five. So we'll see. Fingers crossed that uh, Dragon Quest 12 won't be the one that has to make me do that. <laughs> <laughs> but if it does, it does. All right. So speaking of uh, next next uh, numbered games in a JRPG series, Yangus, you've got another game to talk about. Yes. And it's one I'm looking forward to a lot. Um, so quick little note here before we get started on talking about uh, this game. Uh, so Nintendo had a Nintendo Direct, uh, I believe it was in October was their last big one that they September. had? September. Se- okay, sorry. September. I looked it thank up. You. <laughs> All right, thank you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I knew it was in the fall time. But yeah, so they had one in September. And one of the games they announced about, uh, I think it was halfway through, just started off with this real quiet piano piece, kind of showed some of the landscapes and stuff. And then it hit the first few notes of the melody. And I remember I was kind of keeping in touch with uh, Platy and Baruri and a, you know, a bunch of us that you know watch a direct. And I was like, I think this that's Octopath Traveler's theme. And sure enough, up on the screen, Octopath Traveler 2. Oh, I'm so excited. So, like, this is probably my most anticipated game of the year right now. Uh, so, what the hell is Octopath Traveler 2? It is the newest entry in the Octopath in the Octopath Traveler series, and is due out February 24th. So, hey, you know, only got about a month left for wait, so woo! Uh, the game is uh, set in the same world as the first game. Uh-oh. Uh, hold on, take, hold on. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to correct you on that, because I was reading up on it during your uh, last talk, and it apparently is set in a brand new world. Or is it, it a is con- a, or is a new continent? Uh, no, I, I was reading two different articles that both listed it is a brand new world. Um, so who knows? But oh. go on with either way. It's it's all somewhere right. new. <laughs> all right. Well, there we go. Uh, new to you. Well, yep. It's new to all of us. So there we go. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so the game's set in a new land called Celestia, and um, the game takes place across uh, these new lands. And, like the last game, it stars a cast of eight travelers, each of them with their own unique backgrounds, um, stories, uh, special skills, all that good stuff. And just like the first game, these travelers all start coming together and working towards their goals, each of them having their own stories. Uh, Like the last game, each traveler, like I said, has their own individual story, have their own character actions, and now them having uh, multiple slash different ones depending on the time of day in the game, because as we've seen from trailers, there's a day and night system, very much like uh, some of the Dragon Quest games. Uh, like the first game, uh, the travelers will join forces as they traverse the land, you know, get the fights, battle monsters, help complete side quests, all that good stuff. And as shown by the new trailers, uh, the characters will interact more uh, in this sequel. Uh, personally, I never had a problem with how it was handled in the first game for the interactions, because I kind of liked how it wasn't necessarily forced on you, but you had these nice little, like, party chat-type conversations where both the, the main character of that chapter and the different um, 
characters in your team would have these full-on conversations about different events that happened in it. Or, you know, they'd be like, like, I remember one that stood out to me was like Ophelia asking um, Ulbrick in one of his chapters, like, well, you know, how, you know, are you handling this whole situation okay? And, you know, he's trying to be the tough guy because he was a, a soldier for so long. He's like, well, you know, I'm doing okay. But, you know, she's like, well, you know, we've been traveling together a long time. So, you know, if you ever need anything, you know, not, not and, you know, we're happy to help you, not just because I'm from the church. And, you know, that's part of my responsibility. It's like, I want to be there for you. So it's cool to see that from these few trailers we've gotten for Octopath Traveler 2, they're doing that concept, but they're, you know, evolving and expanding on that. And I think that's a great way to, you know, sort of address some of the feedback people had about the first game. And they're really trying to, you know, give more of that, but in brand new ways, especially if, you know, if it means the characters will get to talk and, you know, help out each other more, which, you know, that's great. That's awesome. Uh, but aside from that, uh, we see, we've seen a few new gameplay changes, including... Hey, you can explore the world, uh, such as water travel across lakes and rivers. Uh, you have sea travel via your own ship, again, much like Dragon Quest. And there's a new approach to the job class system uh, from the first game. Uh, you can now purchase uh, licenses for your party to access sub-jobs. I, I don't know where from, maybe just item shops or certain places. Uh, so you can have multiple characters who can all have the same uh, sub-job class. So, you know, you can have, uh, like, I, I, unfortunately, I don't really know all the characters' names off the top of my head, but you could have your scholar and your merchant character uh, from their respective paths, you know, working in the same team. And they could both have like, oh, let's say like the warrior subclass or they could have, they could both have um, like the dancer subclass. So, you know, whatever you kind of want to do for your party customization, hey, you know, it looks like the game is going to give you a little bit more freedom on that. So, you know, awesome. Uh, so from the way the trailer described it too, it kind of sounds like the high ranking job classes, like from the first game, they may be still more limited since they're you know, supposed to be kind of a special challenge, and if you beat the challenge, you get the prize, which is essentially this brand new powerful job class. But not 100 sure on that. I've again, this is kind of like Elden Ring, where I've kind of looked up info, but at the same time, I'm trying to keep myself in the dark as much as possible because I want to go in, you know, with a fresh experience to see everything as new as I can, you know. Uh, but anyway, uh, the new leads of Octopath, or excuse me, the new lands of Octopath Two. Uh, it kind of gave me this Final Fantasy VI kind of vibe. Uh, you have a mix of a more medieval areas slash kind of your more traditional villages and some areas have more of an industrial kind of steampunk vibe to them sort of like how different towns in final fantasy 6 have more of it like the city of narsh or you know the empire down in the south of the game uh we also even get to see a classical uh, japanese sort of themed area as part of uh, the world uh since one of the main characters i think his name is hikari if i remember right uh he hails from there he's like a kind of based on like a japanese uh samurai or just a Jap kind of Japanese-styled swordsman. But, you know, it's, it's cool to see that they're kind of, you know, expanding this um, world or they're taking, uh, making a new world, whatever the case might be, and trying to really um, bring in some new cultures and some new, like, landscape ideas, some new, um, what would you call that, like, uh, technological advancements in some of these cities. So I, th I think that's cool, you know, get to kind of see how each part of this world uh, is. And, um, you know, I'm sure, you know, it's been pretty clear from the way I'm describing it, but I'm super excited for Octopath Traveler 2. You know, I really loved the first game a lot. It's been one of my favorite RPGs, like new RPGs that's not a remake or something uh, from recent years. And even though it took me a really long time to beat it, like it took me about two years to finish the game from like start to finish, since I kind of picked it up, played it for a while, put it back down, picked it up, played it for a while, put it back down. Never got bored with it. Just it was one of those things where it's like, eh, I'm ready to, you know, play something else for a little while. Um, but, you know, even though it did take me a long time to beat it from start to finish, it was one I always enjoyed returning to and taking my time with it. So, you know, I'm really hoping that that's going to have the exact same experience with this sequel. And I'm just hoping that it doesn't take me like nearly two years to beat it this time <laughs> for compared to the first one even though I loved it. But yeah, I'm super excited for Octopath Traveler 2. And, you know, I can't wait to, you know, 
experience this game because it's really given me the vibe of like you know they're they're doing what the first game did so well but they're really expanding on it and trying to make it even better so you know what i'm all for that it just looks like it's going to be a ton of fun some really cool and interesting stories and characters because i've really liked what i've seen from the few trailers i've watched for the the playable characters themselves Uh, i'm especially looking forward to the story of um the scholar character I believe his name is pronounced as Oswald. It's a like O S V L V A L D. Yeah, but he he's looking pretty cool because like from what they've shown in his story, he's been accused of a crime where he supposedly uh, murdered his daughter and his wife. And you know he's of course being like, why why would I do that? Why would you even assume? And even like the little uh, court scene they show at the beginning kind of gave me five like flashbacks to the 16-bit era with Chrono Trigger and the trial scene at the beginning of that and the beginning portions of that game. But it like. What they've shown for stories for characters, I'm really interested, and that was something that I enjoyed a lot about Octopath 1, where you had all of these individual stories that, and all of them, for the most part, were very interesting. There's a few chapters for each where, like, it's it's kind of okay, but you you wanted to see what was going to happen next, and I'm already having that feeling uh, with Octopath Traveler 2 without even starting to play it, so super excited for it, and I know, Platy, you're looking forward to this one too oh yeah this is you definitely one on my it? list um you know i played the first one uh, i was a little bit like you i um i don't think i had a switch when this came out originally i when i got a switch though this was uh one of the first games that i bought for myself got the mario kart and everything for the kids um but this was like no i want to buy this and it was funny because I, I had it a whole year after release and I noticed that nobody on RP Gamer had actually done a review of it. So I was like, oh, man, I'm going to play it and review it. And I, I absolutely loved it. Gave it a 4.5 out of 5. Um, it, it was just like near perfect for me. So, yeah, definitely uh, excited for this. Um, I've kind of promised myself that I'm not going to do any day one purchases this year over $40. So uh, I might wait on this for a little bit. You know, I waited the whole year for Octopath 1. So <laughs> I, I may wait and uh, this may be like a late summer game for me. But uh, yeah, I, 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 all the things you said are kind of all the things I, I was very excited to play Octopath 1. I, unlike you, I did go straight through it, but I had a blast doing that. So, you know, no matter how you play games, as long as you're having fun, that's all that matters. And that both of us had a hell of a lot of fun from the first one. So uh I definitely look forward to having it with the second. And hey, if they improve some stuff like character interaction, which again didn't bug me, kind of like it didn't bug you. But hey, like can't be mad about having more character interaction and yeah. stuff going on between them. So have at it. Yeah, man, this looks it really, just like. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say like you know I like you know again like you know what Platy said like you know it wasn't stuff that bothered us, but you know you know if this is something that they can do you know so it can bring more people in or you know kind of address some of the stuff that people maybe had problems with with the first one you know hey great you know what awesome you know well that, that was the number like, one complaint about the first one so you know right there you're addressing what was the number one complaint yeah, yeah, right on the back just so. see a little more interaction so hey there you go but yeah sorry Penny what do you want what do you want to say oh I was just gonna say this looks this looks like this looks. Just like the uh, Dragon Quest Three remake, for some reason, I don't know why. Mm. HD something D. HD two D. There you Strange. go. Strange coincidence, I guess. Maybe maybe it's that uh, what we what I say in my comment. It's like a H three two D redfish bluefish. It's something like that. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's got that uh, copyrighted uh, whatever by Squeenix. Yep. But yeah, I was just looking at the trailer for this, and I was like, wow, get like Dragon Quest Three. Obviously, I know that this takes the uh, Octopath engine, as I mentioned before. But yeah, it's it's amazing how similar Dragon Quest Three looks like to the trailer for Octopath Travel, to, uh, Octopath Traveler Two. And again, you know, they both look amazing. I like I like this style of graphics. Uh, 
that they use for these games. It's really nice. It's 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 a it's like it's it's like um more of a I guess like a a retro look almost, but more modern at the same time. So it's a it's a well, nice yeah, it marriage of the two elements. Yep, you know you don't just have to do really nice looking sprite work. You can uh, take it one step farther here. Exactly. You can have the really nice sprite work, but then boom, do this. Yep. Um, I know yep. a game that I didn't put on my list, but uh, I was playing around with last night. There is a game coming out this year called Sea of Stars, and my goodness, did. Uh, Yangus, back when we had our uh, turn-based RPG um, group and Pendy, you were a mod there for a year plus. Um, I feel like the developers of this game posted quite often. And oh, really? Looked, they did? They did. Oh, oh um, no, not this guy. Was it where he like mentioned it in every little post that he could? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> in every they, reply? They, they, or am I they, they've, uh, they've published another game called The Messenger before that apparently oh, is a platformer okay. that a lot okay. of people really like. But the sprite work looks beautiful. I know they kept posting like different things they were doing. And one of the cool things they're doing is uh, like letting AI, letting the computer dynamically control lighting and shading in the game mm. at certain times because the sun will rise and set. And instead of like Dragon Quest where, you know, there's nighttime and there's daytime and your sprite may look a little colored um, differently from the night to the day, you can actually go on their website for Sea of Stars and like turn the dial and see the sun move. It's got like two of the sprites standing there with a tree and everything. And you can turn the dial and watch the shadows grow longer and the sprites slowly darken and everything. So it, 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 and see the lighting appear like there's a light outside the house next to them, too. And that pops on at a certain time as the lighting gets dimmer. And even that casts a different shadow on the characters. So I mean, just taking aspects that you would expect in a modern 3D game and then, like, backporting that into, like, sprite-based games. Yeah, mm -hmm. dialing it up a notch. Yeah, it's, yeah. I thought you were talking about that guy that, like, would reply to every single little thing. Be like, well, if you like that game, you should try my game that I'm making. <laughs> and you get, you get to the point where people are just like, dude, this is this is nothing to do with the, the subject at, at hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, like, I'm, I'm definitely um, excited for the way the game looks, too, because, like, with how they were, uh, with how this team has really, you know, pushed the engine further since the first one, and like, like I said with our last episode where we, I talked about, or was it the first or second one that I talked about, live a life for the 2022 favorite. I don't remember what, what, whichever one it was. Um, I really liked how they have really improved on their graphics with the HD2D engine. So from what we've seen with um, Octopath Traveler 2 and with, you know, Dragon Quest 3's remake, it really looks like they're really pushing it even further and making it like these games just look, you know, as fantastic as they mm. can. So I'm super excited to see that, especially after having played um, Live Alive's remake, you know, that game looked amazing. So I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what all they were able to you know, squeeze into Octopath Traveler too. So definitely really excited for this one. Can't wait till next month. This is one of those few games that I've got pre-ordered right now and I'm really looking forward to it. It's like, gimme, gimme, gimme. <laughs> nice. Uh, but yeah. All right. So I'll go on to my last game here. Uh, start wrapping it up with our last three. But um, I've been playing the, gosh, Yangus and I, you and I started originally this kicked off our yearly game thing that we've done and kind of fizzled on. But uh, we played uh, Trails in the Sky. We started with that, gosh, 2018, 2017, maybe uh, even. I think it was seven. I think it was 17. I think you're right. Because 18 yep. was when we did Sweet It in one. Yep. Which we'll come back to that in a minute too. But uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to uh, take us back in time to 2017 when we both tried out Trails in the Sky, I've kept up with the uh, Legend of Heroes games ever since then. I have played all the Trails in the Sky games. I played the Crossbell games before they even came out on Switch. Uh, the second one's coming out soon. First one came out last year. Um, and 
we're up to uh, the, and then there were the four Trails of Cold Steel games. I am halfway through Trails of Cold Steel three, and I have plans um, before summer because uh, some other podcast obligations to finish up three and definitely get through four. So uh, they're they're in my first half of the year goals. And after that, um, canonically, there comes the game, The Legend of Heroes: Trails into Revere. And this is kind of a bridge game, uh, much like Trails in the Sky 3 was. Trails in the Sky 3 um, was it, it was narratively set apart from the first two Trails in the Sky. Trails in the Sky 1 and 2 told a complete story with the same two protagonists all the way through. And it wrapped up that story pretty well, which, of course, you know, had lots of stuff for all the helping to uh, lead into all the other games that would come later. But Trails in the Sky 3 was more of, hey... Um, here's a new character and we're going to kind of get sucked into this dark world and other characters that you played as or fought against for the past two games are going to slowly get sucked into this game and suddenly you're going to have like 16, uh, 24 people here that you can all play as and make parties and go through and it was all very, yeah, there was some like dungeons but they all kind of had these doors in them and the doors led to different um, story things that kind of wrapped up or went back and touched on some of the events from the first two games and kind of wrapped up, I guess not plot holes, but stuff that they didn't want to get bogged down with in another game. And so you'd go through a door and play through like a 90 minute scenario um, that kind of wrapped up somebody's story or went and did this or went and did that and explained a lot. And it got into some like really deep shit, like, you know, buying and selling kids for prostitution and shit. So, uh, but it really, it, it, it finished off a lot of the loose ends from the first two Trails in the Sky game. Well, since then, we've had six games between Crossbell and Cold Steel, and this one's supposed to kind of do the same of that kind of stuff. Trails in the Revere is supposed to wrap up those next six games and a lot of the little plot holes and sub stories and everything from them. And other than that, I really don't know much other about it. it it's got all the people. It's going to have got a, like a cast of 64 people, I think, by the end of it, because, you know, oh <laughs> after like eight, nine games, you know, you've you've had a shitload of people. Oh, my God. Um, you know, and like I said, it, that that Trails in the Sky three brought back. You, you were playing as some of the bosses that you were fighting against. Suddenly they got pulled into your world to help wrap up stuff or a lot of and you know as would happen in many a title uh i think a die has it quite often you know oh suddenly the bad guy becomes you know i'd give it some thought let me join you guys let me j join the good guys and uh battle alongside you to take on even worse people I'm, so I'm not, never I'm happens in japanese fiction whatsoever i don't know what never. you're talking about never an nope. anime manga or or die or <laughs> anything from japan never never never, no, ever. never happens in any form of media so never. i'm uh, i was gonna as, say real quick uh platy i was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna say um you talking about like there's gonna be like 64 characters i just imagine somebody making a like smash bros ultimate kind of trailer for it where it goes <laughs> everyone is here and then it just plays the like the theme the theme song from that game and just like Cuts to every character one by one, just like Estelle, uh, 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 uh God, Rian, 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 the guy from Crossbell. The, I'm watching the trailer right now, and it kind of does that. <laughs> that NPC from the first game that you don't, you only talk to once, but became a major character. Woo! If you want to, so yeah, I'm on here, uh, behind the voice actors.com and looking at it, and I'm just scrolling, and I'm like, three, six, nine, twelve, fifteen, eighteen, twenty. <laughs> like, I'm not even halfway down the page. Yet. like we're gonna have all these other ones so uh 
brings back a lot of the people. Like I said, I, I don't know much about it. It's been out for years over in Japan and Korea, um, but it, it's it's supposed to wrap up. It's supposed to do that, you know, Trails in the Sky kind of three thing. Like, hey, he, we're 10 games into this now. Maybe we should wrap up some plot holes before we get going to the next series, which is already two games deep over there in Japan. Because mm-hmm. after uh, Trails in the Revere, they start getting into the Calvard Republic games. And I think it's Kuro no Kaseki is the next ones. I don't know yep. what they're going to translate to here, but there's there's already two of those out, or at least one of those out, and a second one ready to go. So, um, And these games have, have such massive scripts, too, so it's not like oh, they God. can just be yeah. like super quick like uh, you know translation jobs either. No, I think—, I think uh, what was it? Where's that one thing we read, Platy? I think we've talked about this before, but it's like one of the pictures that NIS America posted about the translation was like the text in this game alone eclipses the uh, Lord of the Rings books like three times, like in all three yep. books. Yeah, it, it was the Cold Steel series, like Cold Steel one through four. They put out something when they find they um, announced it that they were going to do three and four. They put out that graphic and they're like, yeah, between these four games, you know, we've got over a million words and. That's more than this. It's, you know, yeah, three times the length of all the Lord of the Rings books put together and yeah. Da, 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 and but but I will say too like for as much text as they put in, usually it is pretty interesting and they do a lot of world building and you know, if you like that stuff and you appreciate that stuff, I mean, you can get a lot out of these games, you know. And if you mm-hmm. don't want to, you know, you know, you know, you can still have a really fun time with a good RPG cuz usually yeah. these games have really good um RPG battle mechanics and uh, uh, you know, that, building your team and stuff. Uh, honestly, that's what I love most about these games. These games uh they're they're not quite the Grandia system, um but they have that kind of like moving around the battlefield and area of effect spells. So, mm-hmm. you know, this person might have a spell that shoots in a straight line and this person might have a circular spell because it's lava coming out of the ground. And this person may have a cone shaped one because they're shooting a tornado that comes out in the shape of a cone. Yep. Um, so, yeah, you, you can move around the battlefield and do that. And you got the ranged attacks and these people have to be close and these people have to be far and. You know, so it's it's got all of that and it's got the turn order right there on the side. And you can see how, we, you know, if I decide to cast this really big spell, it's going to bop me at my next turn down like three more spots because it's going to take a while to cost that catch that spell. So it's got the strategy built into the turn base. It's not just, um, you know, you go, then you go and then the first guy and the second guy and blah, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. Um, so and then, you know, you got the arts, which are the spells and the crafts, which are special attacks and different mm-hmm. bars for each of those. I, yeah, the, the battle systems I just find amazing. I, every game, it gets a little bit better. Um, you get really sucked games. into it, too. Oh, yeah. You really, you really start getting like I know when I was playing Cold Steel one on my PS4, like there were characters that I would get. And I'd be like, oh, I think, you know, because one of my favorite characters to use as a tank was Gaius because he had so much health and stuff by default. And he's like, oh, you'd be perfect for you know, taking hits and kind of being the being the punching bag. But when it comes time for you to attack, you can just unleash this like massive tornado to start hitting all the enemies. Mm-hmm. And you get real if they get too close, and it's like, ha ha, take that, suckers! But you know, it, that's what's so much fun about this uh, battle system that they have for these games is that you can have this customization. You can just do all this cool stuff. It's it's so much fun. That's why and... that's why I've enjoyed playing them, and you know, the world building stuff too. And I know that's why you really enjoy them too, Planty, because we've we've talked about this many times before, both oh, yeah. on here and off of here. And yeah, we've had our Falcom episode, and yeah, there's quite a bit to it. So yeah, I, I'm looking at, um, I'm looking forward to this. This is probably one I will buy, like pretty close to release, and then maybe not play till next year. Um, I want to say I've been like three or four years in a row now where I've gotten through one and a half of these games. Mm-hmm. So uh, 
last year was I did the second half of the crossbell. I went straight into Cold Seal 2, and then I was like, no, I can buck the trend. I can keep going. And I think I made it 40 hours into Cold Seal 3. I'm like, okay, this was too much. (laughs) (laughs) I've just done 150 hours of these games, like back to back to back. It's time to, and I got to like the end of a chapter in Cold Seal 3, and I'm like, nope, this is the perfect place to hit save, and I'll get to it again next year. And you know what? That's the thing, too. Like, these games are great, but boy, sometimes you do need a little bit of a break from them because there's just so much text and dialogue and it's like oh man like this is this is interesting stuff but i need a break for a while i gotta i gotta process all this information (laughs) so uh yeah i I hope this game uh with wrapping things up i hope they have some good summaries there too like (laughs) hey we're gonna wrap up this plot line from trails in the sky too well shit that was six years ago can uh if we're gonna wrap that up can we have a little what was it again (laughs) who is this (laughs) yeah hopefully if you know the if they don't do it in game, they at least will give like uh, the library function because yeah, that was pretty cool. Stuff like with um, that, I, I I mean I haven't played as many as you have, Platy, but I know when I started Cold Steel too, um, I did go into the little library thing they had and kind of just gave myself a refresher from the end of the first game, and I was like, oh okay, right, that's what happened. As yeah. you read it, then you're like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like you suddenly remember it then after you get that little. Uh, friendly reminder <laughs> and I'll, I'll they did a really good job if you jump into cold steel 3 of really introducing people and really like maybe over explaining a lot um and i think a big part of that was because when cold steel 3 came out cold steel 3 takes place after the uh crossbell duology and when it came crossbell 3 came here the crossbell duology was not planned to ever come out here so mm-hmm. they, they made sure that you know it had a lot of explaining and stuff going on and now we're getting the crossbell games and gosh yeah two crossbell games and trails into revere uh it's coming out in uh july 7th um sorry reverie trails into reverie i'm getting into that uh dragon quest six wasn't those the two names realms of, yeah Re- realms, realms of reverie and realms of reverie then it was and, realms of revelation because nintendo yeah. of america published it then so I'm getting all my R words all mixed up. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, Trails into Reverie is coming out July 7th. And uh, while well, well, I'm looking forward to it, maybe I'll get to it in December. I, I will definitely be picking this up and look forward to it after uh, finishing all the nine games that precede it. So they've yeah. basically kind of gone back and released all the games that they have that they uh, did not in the past. Correct. Correct. Yeah, because they would start bringing these games to PS4 then for then that was sort of their idea. Like, hey, let's bring them to the West, too, with the help of uh, NIS America. And then there's uh, like another company I like that could take a take a page from them and maybe bring over some stuff. But hey, whatever. It's it's cool. But that's that's really cool that this this uh, series has taken off in the West and that they're bringing these, you know, all the games over here uh, over the past years and. It's really good. And I, like I mean, it. It, it, a lot of it's because of the fans, too, because uh, mm-hmm. the Crossbell duology is all fan translated. Yep. They, the, there was a group that translated the uh, two Crossbell games. And I, I want to say within a month of the second one being fully released on their website, complete with directions how to buy the game through a Chinese version of Steam and then patching the Chinese PC version. Um, they pulled it all down because they signed a deal for all the fan translations to uh, get taken and turned into the uh, official translations. Yep. And now what's cool, um, Angus, I don't know if you've seen this, or I mean, I don't, I'm not all that interested either, but it's interesting that the fan groups that did those games, they're going back and they're going to um, translate the, what is it, the Gargav trilogy. Oh, okay. That were... Uh, they were Legends of Cold Steel. I want to say three, four, and five. Um, they don't. Oh, really... you mean like the earlier games before the, P- the yes before the, the Sky the, games? Okay, before cool. the Sky. Yep. Yeah, they had a trilogy on the PSP oh, that was yeah. 
pretty and and I played about three hours of the first one. It's your bait. It, God, you'd almost be like Chemco games these days. It's yeah, a basic ass, bad. basic ass with not a very good battle system. JRPG, JRPG. Well, even you know. like the translation form were just so. Oh, that bad. was the big like, problem. Yeah, because like I think if I remember right, it was Namco who published those ones, and just they, you just could tell they did not give a single shit about translating the games because every like everything that I've looked up and read is like, man, this is like this is like Super Nintendo like early RPG. And they got translated uh, hard and fast. Yeah. Yep, that's what she said. Yeah, they. <laughs> they uh, <laughs> They had the same issue with um, the earlier Super Super Robot Wars games that they mm-hmm. translated in English, like Southeast Asia region, but still in in English as well. And they ended up bringing in some you know fans, uh, super fans of the game, some English super fans of the games that ended up translating them like uh, a few. I don't know how many entries into it, but now they have some better people translating those games as well, which is mm-hmm. nice because the earlier games with some of those translations, like oh yeah, oh boy. <laughs> So oh that, 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 that'll that be interesting. So, yeah, that, since the uh, fan translators got paid off and told, like, okay, we'll take your translations. Thank you very much. Um, they, they're turning their efforts now. Like, hey, let's look at stuff that really Falcom's not going to go back and touch ever. How about those uh, early 2005 PSP or whatever? You know, that, that before Legend of Heroes was a big thing with the Trails of games. Yeah, uh, that's, cool. that's that. pretty cool, though. That's, that's cool. Yep. They're going to go do that. I, I saw that announcement just in the past week that they were going to um, start working on those. So, and hopefully those go a little bit faster because I mean they're already translated. You just gotta, you just gotta make it sound better. <laughs> yeah, gotta do some editing there. <laughs> there. There shouldn't be. Well, I, they may go back to the original and look at translation and whatever instead of just polishing it up. They might. Uh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Was this really what they meant to say? <laughs> yeah, I could see them doing that. Yeah. But, yep, that's cool. That's cool though. Good, good for them. That's awesome. Yeah, and uh, before I go on and on and on for infinity about this, I will uh, turn our turn the microphone over to somebody else that wants to infinitely talk about something. I'm sure Pendy. he's dying to discuss it. He is dying to, I know. I, I, I just might be. <laughs> I don't know why, but it might have something to do with the fact that uh, I'm going to talk about Infinity Stretch, which is a die game, of course. Coming from the die guy, as mentioned before. <laughs> so we've seen a lot of infinity fin, uh, stuff about Infinity Stretch over the years because this game has gone into development hell. Uh, oh, yeah. This is this is one of the games that has gone back to the drawing board kind of twice. Once, not so much going back to the drawing board, but once because it got blasted by the whole COVID pandemic, and again because. Uh, they released like a demo or a trailer and everyone had like a horrible reaction to it and they're like you know what we don't want to piss off everybody with this we're going to take it back we're going to polish it up we're going to make it better which is good you know i'd rather see them go back um, and tweak it and make it better than you know release a half-assed product and you know start falling through walls like you do in the new pokemon game or something like that (laughs) or or that or the golf game that you were talking about so yeah don't want a glitchy mess want something that looks really nice and they're they seem to be you know dedicated to be doing that the you know the dragon quest fan base in japan is you know super rabid for some good stuff and if it's not good enough it won't sell well enough like we've seen with some spin-offs every once in a while so hopefully this will be great uh this is going to be coming out for the playstation 4 playstation 5 yeah playstation 5 switch and steam 
We don't know when yet, but again, with this game, I'm betting that it's going to be sometime this year. They released a major trailer for it uh, back in September, right before the Tokyo Game Show. And they, that's also when they announced that it would be coming out West as well. So not a Japan-only game. It's going to come out West. Um, maybe even a simultaneous release. We'll see, like they just did with Treasures. Um, they were talking about doing that with... Uh, I didn't mention that before, but they, they were talking about doing that with uh, Dragon Quest Three HD 2D during the 35th anniversary special. They said, like, hey, we want to you know release this in the West, in Japan, at the same time. They didn't guarantee it, but they said, like, hey, we're going to try and do that. So we'll see if they do that with this game as well. Uh, during the Tokyo Game Show, they had, like, this one-hour and, like, 20-minute presentation with like a special guest panel they had like a producer from the game uh they had a guy from uh, the v-jump magazine because you know die uh, originally was a manga that ran in v-jump and they had some minor celebrities and they did like this prolonged preview of the game and it looked really nice um and they, it was nice is like you could go to the tokyo game show site and not only did they have it in Japanese, but they had it just like with the 35th anniversary special where they translated it. They had a guy that was translating what they were saying live. So they had like a guy uh, translating and doing a dub over it as they did the presentation. So you can go back and find that and you can see the whole one hour, 20 minute presentation and see everything that they said. So that was really cool that they did that since they're going to release it West as well. Um, they also had it recently at Jump Festa, which is a yearly festival that they do for all the jump titles and titles that are related to jump titles. But there wasn't really any new news there. I was hoping they were going to have like a release date at that point, but nothing yet. So we'll see. Hopefully they'll have some news out for it soon. Uh, for now, we know that Die and Pop and Mom and Hyunkle are playable characters. Uh, I'm hoping that there's going to be more playable characters like that. Maybe some Crocodine action. Uh, but so far, those are the only four that we know that you can play in the game from what they've announced and what they've shown in trailers and such. Uh, but they go pretty deep into the story, so I, I would I would hope that they'd have other characters that join them along the way as well. And you know, in speaking of story, the story mode that they're going to have in that game it's going to take you about halfway through the entire story arc of Die. They say that they're going to stop. I don't know, like before, right before, or right after the Battle of Sovereign Rock uh, Castle arc. Which, if you want to, you know, spoilers, uh, just for like the next thirty seconds or less, is that is the arc where you actually literally battle a castle. <laughs> so maybe that's going to be like the big bad boss of this game. We'll like see. Like Dragon Quest Eight Ruins? <laughs> right. No, it's like it's like Dragon Quest Six with Stormgate Citadel. There you go. Uh, there you yeah, go. there you go. <laughs> but that's, so they're going to get halfway through the stories, which is nice. Like, you know, the anime, uh, the, an the recent anime adaptation of the manga was 100 episodes of stuff. And that was even... It, it kind of going at a fast pace uh, and it was still a hundred episodes of material. So I wasn't expecting them to cover the entire story. That would have been, I think that would have been asking too much, but they're doing half of the story. So hopefully if this game does pretty well, they'll do the other half in a sequel. We'll see. So um, that's what I'm hoping. So another thing that you can do in this game is that you collect what's called bond memories. They're, they're related to the bonds that you make with the different characters in your games. But what these will do is they you will collect these and these will strengthen your characters in various ways, uh, probably moves and stats and things like that. But they're all going to be related to a specific memory from the manga, which then they'll show you in the game. So they'll show you a, like the panel from the manga that it relates to. Like, oh, hey, here's where Crocodine met this person or this 
you know, this is where Crocodine did this or the other thing. So it's, it's kind of a unique uh, thing that they came up for this game, and, and it brings the manga directly into the game as well, which I thought was neat. Uh, they're also going to have a different mode along with story mode called Temple of Memories, where basically you get to explore these randomly generated dungeons and you fight various enemies and bosses, and there's these types of rewards that you'll get. Not too much. That's about all we know about it so far, but that looks cool too. So kind of like a little Dragon Quest Nine ish maybe thing going on there with that different type of mode that they have for the game. Like I said, there's no no release date yet for it, uh, but hopefully it will come out in the West and Japan at the same time. I thought that was really awesome when they did that for Treasures. And it was, you know, in Treasures, they have that little online mode where you can see other people's treasures. And I thought that was fascinating to actually interact with like the Japanese fans and be like, oh, hey, here's this Japanese guy's treasure. Because you we, we never get to do that. Most of the games that we've ever had are released separately. So even like with the mobile games, except for the Die mobile game, all the other ones are on different servers. So you don't really interact with the Japanese fans that often. So it'd be fun if they had a if they have some kind of online mode that they have this as a simultaneous release as well. But I'm super excited for this one. Uh, this is the game I'm looking forward to the most. I, I mean, even even more so than WrestleQuest, as, as awesome as that looks. <laughs> <laughs> but this is definitely the game I'm looking forward to the most this year. Um, I'm huge into die. Uh, Matt Craft apparently doesn't know, but I do some, you know, stew uh, podcast for for you guys. Uh, you know, tactfully die, of course, where me and Paul go over you know stuff about tack, and we, and of course, we dive into die pretty deep. And to have a game like this uh, looks is, is amazing. So I'm look really looking forward to this game. Um, so yeah, it's great. It's great. Hey, don't don't sell yourself short. You got to die another day too. That's true. That's true. Our little manga series that we've done a, a couple of episodes so far as well, reviewing the manga, hoping uh, to do more of those in the future. But yeah, it's die has been uh, a blessing for me because I really like the series and they have brought over just about everything from Japan into the West short of the arcade game and the Avon prequel that's still running in Japan. And who knows, they may bring that over too as well. So we'll see. But yeah, it's, I'm looking forward to this game and, and it looks really good. It's a it's a great looking action RPG and it looks like a lot of fun. I know that you were hoping, Platy, that it was going to have like a independent story and not just be a retelling of the oh. original story because you've done you've seen that so many times <laughs> and you're kind of sick of it by now i, I don't blame you uh, i know there are some other people that ha are of that same mind but to me to actually uh, go through these episodes myself controlling the characters and going through the story like this it'll be a lot of fun for me so i i look forward to it well as long as there's like press the plus button and skip dialogue or something like that i'm i'll be good let me <laughs> just go kill the next thing Skip all the cutscenes. Yeah, I got you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds to me like this is a game to die for. Oh, yeah. <laughs> can't, can't get enough of those wonderful die puns. Nope. No, I, I mean, that's they the only themselves. joke I got as far as die. So, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep doing it. Makes me laugh every time. So, I don't care. <laughs> hey, th hey, that joke was that joke. I thought that joke was ditastic. So, that was good. That's a good one. I like oh, it. I like now it. you're just dying for a beating with that kind of talk, young man. <laughs> All right. Well, for our last one of the day, we're going to revisit something that Matt Craft talked about and uh, maybe pronounce it differently and maybe give more than uh, a little <laughs> overview here because uh, I, I know I got some stuff to say about this, too, because surprisingly, I am excited. And we, we hinted at it earlier. Um, but, Yangus, what what are the last game games that uh, look at you, you? You did not talk about multiple games on the end of your podcast. And here you are slipping two in at the beginning of the year. So. 
Yep. Go ahead, break the rules. <laughs> yep. It's one it this is something I've been dying to talk about, so I'm gonna die. <laughs> All right, yeah, well, no, but, but how do we I, pronounce this this mystery game? How do we I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Uh yeah, so the last uh, game or rather uh, games I'm going to be talking about are the Suikoden 1 and 2 HD remasters. Uh, this is a bit of a surprise announcement from uh, Konami, I believe it was Tokyo Game Show uh, just last year, and it was one that kind of caught everybody off guard. Uh, these are HD remasters of the first two Suikoden games uh, that are due out sometime in 2023 as of now. I don't think we have like a set date or month for we them yet, not. but... But uh, as of now, they are planned for at least a 2023 release, and they'll be coming out on, like, Switch, P, the two PlayStation systems, I believe Steam as well. I I mean, I, I just saw Switch, and I'm like, woohoo, Switch! <laughs> but um, anyway, so these two are, like I said, these are remasters of the first two Suikoden games, uh, both originally released on the PS1, and as I found out when doing some research, uh, the first one was out, also released on the uh, Sega, uh, Sega Saturn back in the day. So, but yeah, these are going to be... That. These are going to be remasters of those two games with, you know, updated graphics, uh, brand new character art by the original uh, art designer for uh, Suikoden 1 for the first game, and uh, Suikoden 2 having um, its art just now being presented in an HD style because uh, the art itself looked fine, but, you know, they had to, you know, do what they had to do to pixelate it and kind of compress it to get it onto the PS1 disc back in the day. But now we're going to get all of the art upscaled uh, for the original art and some brand new art for Suikoden 1, so that's pretty cool. Uh, it's going to get a complete full retransfer translation which konami was very quick to show that off in the new trailers uh including showing off one of the most infamous scenes from the first game where it starts a cutscene, and for whatever reason they put in the uh stage notes for how the characters are facing a certain direction to <laughs> indicate that they're looking at a, at a forest fire <laughs> instead of starting with the proper line <laughs> so that so thankfully that's all getting touched up and uh like i said konami has been very upfront about that they're doing this whole new translation for the scripts and uh you know getting these brand new update to the graphics so everything's going to look a lot nicer a little more sharp the backgrounds are going to be updated character sprites are going to be a lot more crisp so you know it's everything's looking pretty good so far um all of the gameplay changes that were from the psp japanese release uh of Suikoden one and two are also going to be present from what we've seen so like you're gonna have your dashing directional movement you know all these other you know, quality of life kind of changes and i guessing there's going to be some other ones but it, it's cool to see that they're you know bringing in all of this content and i assume they're basing all of this off of that psp release so that's pretty cool uh we don't unfortunately know a whole lot about the remasters as of now other than what i've you know, talked about but uh, so far you know i think they're looking and sounding that they're gonna be pretty good you know i'm, I'm glad also too that they're retranslating the games because even though i enjoyed the first two quite a lot there are some rough patches in the translations and stuff that's like that's really awkward and not just that infamous scene i brought up either just a few things where it's like it gets a little weird like well wait which character are you talking about like what like so it, it, i'm glad to see they're going to be uh you know addressing that stuff and they're trying to you know present these games to not only a new generation of uh, players but also to you know give a new experience to those of us who played the originals and really love the originals whether they played them back in the day on the ps1 for the first time or uh, like my case in the Platy's case, where we played it for the first time on our uh, PlayStation Vitas via the uh, PSN store. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to these two. And you know, hey, you know, if it gives me another chance to experience these uh, uh, games in a brand new way, then awesome. Looking forward to it. Yeah, so, these, uh, go ahead. They had to they had to come out to uh, compete with their uh, spiritual successor this year, didn't they? Yep. 
because that's when Uden Chronicles is out is due out this year, I believe. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. Yep, that that sure uh, got them off their butt. Uh, the Uden, what is it? Uden Chronicles. Uden Chronicles. I say the Uden Chronicles. I'll leave the it's, pronunciation it's, to it's you. I don't silly, know. <laughs> it's a silly word, so just say it however you want to say it. <laughs> yep. So uh, that was a Kickstarter game from what 2019 or 2020? Uh, um, yeah, I believe it was late 2019 they announced it, and it it blew up. Kickstarter it got its five million, four million, whatever it get needed to get, and uh, they are doing that. That game's going to come out. It's inspired. It's got some of the same people that worked on the uh, original games, and it's going to have their hundred plus characters. And Star to go along Destiny. with to go along with other games that we've talked about tonight, it's going to come out in their HD two D kind of format. Yep, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, and yep, which should be interesting because yep. that's a non squareish enix company doing that i don't think we've had that kind of graphics from anybody else yet have we well i mean technically 2.5 d games have existed for a long time like this isn't a brand new thing like you go back to even like the nintendo 64 and ps1 you had 2.5 d games but usually they were more so like platformers not so much rpg Mm. well that's not true because you had like uh grandia one and grandia one was had 2d graphics on 3d environments so yeah 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 so it's not like necessarily anything new but like i I guess square wants to make it fancy and be like it's the 2d hd or hd 2d redfish bluefish so you know (laughs) (laughs) i'm just gonna call it that from now on just because but yeah no like it's it's cool though that they're doing all this and that they're going with uh um, for Uden Chronicles that, you know, you have a lot of the original people attached to it. Because I know one of the big things they announced right away is that the guy who wrote the stories for, I believe, both Swigadon 1 and 2, who is also one of the head people behind the series, that he is responsible for Uden Chronicles. So I'm sure, you know, people saw that and they were like, oh, man, that means it's going to be a really good, interesting story. And then Konami probably went like, oh, shit, this is actually going to do good. Uh, uh, what can we do to counter it? Uh, uh, quick. Hire somebody to make HD remasters. Go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Nothing like uh, pulling out that stuff from the closet, polishing it up, and uh, re-releasing it. But hey, I so this was, yeah, what did we say? 2017, we did Trails in the Sky. So it would have been like 2018. Yep. We, we uh, started with this. And you got hooked on it really quickly. You uh, did these two back-to-back, and even you had to grudgingly, because you missed oh, something. Fuck <laughs> me, dude. Sorry to bring yeah. that up. Um, so you, you played two... Speaking of 2.5, you did about 2.5 versions of these games yeah. um, back then. <laughs> so I'll, I'll just give the quick version of that story um, real quick. Um, so Sweet in 2... Uh, there's a moment at the end of the game if you're trying to get uh, the golden ending where if you do not respond to a prompt fast enough because it has an invisible timer that the game doesn't tell you about, if you screw up on picking an answer before the the prompt goes away, uh, you lock yourself out and there's nothing you can do about it. And I didn't find that out until I got to the very end of the game and um, a certain character who was supposed to be alive ended up dying and it was just like, what? What did I do wrong? I got all the characters. I looked it up, and I remember messaging you about that, Platy, that very night, and being like, are you mm-hmm. fucking kidding me? How, how, why was it? Like, there was no other instance in the game that that ever happened. Nothing so, prepared you for that, yeah. It's so fr- Nobody told me, because I never once saw anything that said, oh, by the way, at this point in the game, you need to make sure to you know, choose this prompt, because you only got like um, like two or three seconds to choose one. Otherwise, you're, you're, you're screwed. Oh. God, yeah, that sucked ass. But I mean, I still love Suikoden too. But goddamn, that that was a terrible decision <laughs> on the devs' part. Like, why would you put an invisible timer on a prompt for like choosing a response when you have not done that for the rest of the game? Why would you do that? Why? 
<laughs> oh my god. Well, oh, but know, yeah. Hearing hearing how much you loved it, I was always like, oh man, I regretted kind of stopping. And I I think I was more than halfway done with Sweet in One. Um, I was like 12, 14 hours into it, and I, I don't know something new and shiny came along and just kind of distracted me. And um, I, I I wasn't wasn't that when I, Dragon wasn't Dragon Quest um eleven out that year for us too. So maybe you know, that was yeah, what it was. It was, and, and you know, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, I wasn't like in love with this game either. Like like awesome. I didn't have any problem with it. I was just like, yeah, I'm just going through. I wasn't too concerned about getting all 108, so it was fine. I, I missed some, and I was like, no, that's okay. Um, just want to see what this is about. And, you know, since then, the past, the next four or five years, oh my God, I hear about one of these games every year on my podcast rotation. They're talking about it, and everybody's all excited a couple years ago about this Iuden Chronicle coming out. And, you know, how many times do you have to hear that Sweet It is like the best game, the best art JRPG? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you hear that in a lot, history. I mean, sure. you hear about it right up there with Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy VI. Um, it it may not be named as much as those two, but it's kind of right up there. Um, in the you scheme know, I, of things, of I see this all the one rankings. brought up a lot yep. when people um are talking about uh really good RPGs not made by Square Enix. It's usually one of the top ones people mention. Yep. So I definitely I, I, and I definitely get why too, but. Yeah, you're right. It's one of those games where it's like I, yeah, everybody brings it up. I want to get why. <laughs> I, I want to understand. So, uh, you know, with these coming out again, I'm like, you know what? I It's a game that, again, I put like 12 hours into, so I have no problem restarting the first one. And if I'm going to get to the second, I'm going to play through the first because, gosh, it's like an under a 20 hour game, isn't it? Yeah, the first like, one, I believe. Yeah, when it, I beat the yeah. first one, it only took me about, I want to say it was either just at 20 hours or like 21 or something but that's yeah. just because when i got towards the end of the game i was like eh, i'm gonna try and grind up a few of these characters before i get too far just to you know if i want to use somebody else you know but yeah like it like that's the nice thing too is that the first game and the second game they aren't like you know super long games either you get really nice stories and character moments and everything but you don't have to spend you know like an ungodly amount of time with them which is like i talked about like with my live alive review from last year like that's something I appreciate, too, with an RPG where you can get that full experience without having to spend, you know, a super long time, like every single time you play an RPG, you know, that's what Kemco's for. <laughs> but I want a quality game. I don't want quality. I mean, golly, Screw I want something that's quality, not just thrown in the deep fryer. I want comfort food, <laughs> not crappy comfort food. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, you don't I'm want looking... fast food. Hey, I'm, I'm a picky eater. I won't deny it. <laughs> So I, I'll definitely be picking these up again. Again, I mean, I spent what, like $2 on each of these probably on the uh, Vita or something like that. So I, this is something I definitely want to get. May not get to it this year or super fast, but uh, no, this is definitely a collection I would like to have. And I will finally one day know why. What is this yeah. Luca Blight? I will find out. Oh, yeah. I, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with his script. I hope they leave in some of his original lines because he, he is such a fun villain because he's someone that you love to hate. And that's what that's what I think makes a good villain, too, is that it's just someone that he's just such a bastard and you want to see him suffer. Because you just you hate him so much. <laughs> uh, All right. Well, uh, talking about that? hating people. 
Oh, wait, 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 wait. No! <laughs> oh, no, we're done. No, 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 no. <laughs> these are like my favorite games. Like, uh, this series is great. Uh, you were talking about those people. It's like, oh, yeah, they, always, they, they talk about it as like one of the best RPGs ever. I'm one of those people. <laughs> Exhibit A, ladies and gentlemen. There but, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm one of those he people. He would be B. You were A. Like, one, to me, was I'm, pretty good. Um, I love being able to use, like, the six-character party system. And you would think, like, with that many... You know, characters in your party that'd be slow battles, but no, they, they go they go along in a pretty quick pace. And I like the little, you know, over the top little. We take your armies against the other armies strategy part of the game. That was nice, and it was it was a good little game. But then when I hit two, uh, two is just I'm just like I said, I'm one of those people. Sukaden two, Sukaden two is see I can't pronounce the game. I called it Sukaden like forever because I I didn't it's, know any better. It's fine. I think it's one of those names where it's sort of like tomato tomato. Like everybody, <laughs> I don't know. Like I, like I've heard people say it so many different ways because like I guess in like the proper like Chinese I think is where it comes from. Like it's pronounced completely different than how I was saying it. So okay, however you say it, just just say it whatever feels most comfortable for you. <laughs> okay, then I'll go with Sukaden because I really have no idea. Mattcraft said it to to a to a different way whereas i didn't even know what game he was talking about at first like what are you, what game are you talking about yeah. <laughs> he pronounced it differently you pronounced it differently i'm guessing yours is probably more correct but i just i didn't know any better so i just always called it sukin in but yeah once i got to two um the story in that game is just so damn amazing that's the best thing that i like about it i love the battle system and, and everything like that in this in that in that game but it is is by far one of the best stories in an rpg i've ever played in my entire life and it is just so good. I, I love the the dynamic that you have between your protagonists and not the antagonists that you mentioned, but the other antagonists that I won't mention. Um, but that that whole story between those two people like is so amazing. Um, I know a lot of people are, love the Luca Blight character, and I, I thought he's he was, thought he was cool, very evil kind of guy. But the other story that's going on between the other two people, like wow, that was like such that was like the meat of the game for me. And and again, I love the battle system. I love the six-party thing. That's different. I love the little battles of the armies. The only only complaint I ever had about Sukaden 2 was that there's a part in the game where you get to control multiple parties because of what's going on in the story. And I wish they had done that more because that was fun. That was like one of the best. Uh, yeah, I wish that they would have had that more for uh, battles at least. That yeah, because cool. you have so many characters. You have the, the 108 stars of Destiny. So to be able to take advantage of that more like they did in that one section of the game, if they had done that at least two or three times more, well, one or two more one or two more times, like maybe at the end or something like that, that would have been great. But uh, that was my own complaint that they just didn't do that that cool part of the game like more than once, that mechanic. But otherwise, like, yeah, it is definitely in my top three, not just of RPGs of all time, but games of all time. I, I love 2. 2 is just one of my favorites. So the fact that they're taking this finally and making a remaster of it, this will be definitely a pre-order for me, and I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's great. Nice. Yeah, I'm hoping um, that with um, this is successful, just so we can then potentially see the same treatment for three, four, and five. Because after playing one and two, you know, I definitely want to check out the other games in the series. I know uh, our good friend Liam, aka uh, Liam Lent, has his issues with the fourth one in the sailing, but I'm so curious yeah. to see, you know, what um, the other games are like because I've heard, you know, nothing but good things about three. I've yes. heard. That five is also a really great game, even though it doesn't have a whole lot of the original team behind it. It's still 
was something that they could tell, you know, was made with a lot of love. And four, even though, you know, it's a vastly different game, that it still has a lot of really cool moments and, you know, ideas for it. So, you know, I, I hope that we get to see um, if this is successful, that Konami will be willing to do the same with the other games as well. I'd love to have an, I like uh, that one. an authentic way to play the games and not have to rely on uh, other means, you know, to try and play them. But, you know, if you know what I mean. <laughs> but does Konami even make games anymore besides like pachinko machines? Like, I don't know. <laughs> well, they love outsourcing their IPs. So. I was going to you can outsource everything. Yeah, I mean, that's that's how these HD remasters are happening. They're just outsourcing it to another company. So yeah. I, mean, I was going to say, yep. freaking Pokemon outsourced. Brilliant diamond and shining pearls. So, yep. So, if Game Freak can do it, all these companies can why do it. Can't why, <laughs> why can't you? Why can't you do it? Why can't you? I mean, what does it what does it really cost them? It costs them nothing. You know, you, you hand the stuff to them. Say, hey, we'll split the profits, and there you go. What, what what does it really cost you? Yeah, these two games were long overdue for this kind of treatment. So, I'm I'm super ecstatic that they're doing it. It's great. Yeah. Yep. So super. All excited. right. A lot of good stuff on the way. Well, I am super ecstatic to uh, bring this to a close tonight because um, I think we got a lot to look forward to and time to start playing some games so I can get free up some time to do these. So that's it for this episode of Slime Time Side Quest. We want to thank you, Pendy, and for Matt Craft, who had to drop off, um, for joining Matt Craft, uh, for joining Yangus and me <laughs> to talk about what thank we're looking you, forward Kraft to for this year. Thank you, Matt Craft, for joining yourself. Yes. Well, he did join himself. Usually he calls in. So he joined himself on the online, you know, live, recorded, coming to you. <laughs> This is not true because recorded. usually he has pre-recorded for him. So yeah, that's right. right. Yeah. <laughs> Nor- normally it's like a twice baked potato, but by the time you get to it, it's a copy of a copy. But uh, <laughs> this time you get the original copy. Oh uh, yeah, no, it's crazy too. I can't believe that. But yeah, we have uh, a lot of games looking forward to, and man, it's crazy how uh, you know stacked the year is already looking. Because I mean, there's plenty of games that are coming out we didn't even talk about, like. Matcraft mentioned there's going to be Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, and so many people are looking forward to that, myself included, but not enough I wanted to talk about it tonight. <laughs> there's Final Fantasy 16, which, fuck you, Final Fantasy. You and Mario together. <laughs> somewhere somewhere Barurian is uh, dancing a little happy jig. He's like, yay! But yes, it's going to be, you know, i got a feeling it's going to be a crazy year. I can just you know feel it in my gut. Well, you know... What isn't going to be crazy about this year? That's it. I, I, I mean, I, I'm crazily not looking forward to is using Patreon. <gasps> using ah, oh, you using Patreon? That is crazy. We're not that crazy. We're not going to use it. No. But you know, we, we we will ask a little bit. If you got any uh, cold coin, gold coins sitting around? Cold. You got any cold, cold coins? Well, you know, you're probably not keeping your gold coins in the freaking microwave, so they're not going to be hot, hot gold coins. They're going to be cold gold coins. It's winter. You got cold gold coins burning a hole. Well, that doesn't make any sense either. So if you got these cold gold coins icily burning away in your pocket pouch, bottomless bag, treasure chest, pot barrel safe, or even searchable wall sack, and you would just want to get rid of them because for some reason they're burning you and they're cold, and you want to just donate them or anything else. It's like dry ice. It's, it's dry. There you go. See, that's a burn. There you go. Nice segue. Thank, thank, <laughs> nice segue. Thank you for uh, saving me from this pit that I dug myself. Um, okay. but, <laughs> I threw you a rope. I pulled you out. You did. <laughs> no, no, better yet. We'll bring back that train joke from earlier. I threw you an Ariadne thread. And you, you warped out of the dungeon. There you go. <laughs> well, if you want to warp yourself into a dungeon, more like a dragon's den, you can head on <gasps> over to uh, woodus.com 
slash den, and you can click on the button there that says support the site. Wudis has owned and maintained the uh, Dragon's Den site for more than two decades now. He personally edits every one of our YouTube versions of the uh, D2, DQ Stew podcasts, and I know he uh, appreciates any donations, and, you know, his wife's early retirement is betting on it, so, you know, go ahead. It's either her retirement or the keeping the servers running. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, the Dragon's Den website also has a lovely little af Amazon affiliate link. You can click on the link and then make a purchase, and a small fraction of said's purchase will go to support the den. It doesn't cost you anything, and it'll help keep Otis, uh, keep the lights on for you know about another 20 years or so. Or, you know, if his wife goes into early retirement, he can uh, keep slaving away at that computer. <laughs> <laughs> and he maybe he'll have to sell more t-shirts to sell us all. Because uh, he's got... T-shirts, yeah. Udis has a Slime Time t-shirt with the logo from our resident graphic artist Wayne Bullock for sale on the den. When uh, Pendy was over at my house just a couple weeks ago, he had that shirt on. Um, and not wanting to look like a human sausage, I did not have my shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did. Yeah, you, yeah I, uh, you need to get a, a little bit of a larger size. Had some yep, yep, fun yep, over yep, the yep. holidays, did you? Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> Yes, and if you support our upcoming Patreon, you too can get yourself a free T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do it. I had, uh, these. So we were talking before we started recording, and uh, Pendy and Matt uh, Platty were both like, "No, we're not bringing up Patreon. We're not going to include that." So now I'm just going to keep drone. I'm just going to joke about that whenever I can. Now. <laughs> There you oh, go. That's tier two. Tier two. Uh, tier reward. two. That, no, this is like that's like tier three. You gotta get up. You gotta pay higher than that. You know. Oh, you okay. These are these are quality T-shirts. We're not just gonna give them away. I'm a Patreon virgin. I'm sorry. <laughs> Come on, man. We gotta tears. make a profit here. <laughs> uh -huh. <laughs> but yes, um, as part of the Dragon Quest Slime Time Extended Universe or DQ Stew, which by the way you can get as a magnet in the second tier of the Patreon, you can direct comments oh. or questions for the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at DQ Slime Time, or consider joining in tons of Dragon Quest discussions at the Dragon's Den forums, one of the few remaining forums still around, and a hot spot for all sorts of Dragon Quest information. Uh, find it from the Dragon's Den main page, or at www.woodus.com backslash forums. You can also find us and other rabid DQ fans through Brewerian's officially unofficial Dragon's Den Discord server. And if you help support the tier one, you get a free. Ah, right, 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 right. You move it along. <laughs> you, you know, we were talking earlier about like challenge runs in like Dragon Quest three, and you brought up somebody doing one in Dragon Quest two with Kanek. Um, we've got someone on the den who pretty much uh, like every two weeks plays through Dragon Quest five with different monster parties. Um, yeah. all themed monster parties and th those are quite interesting um, he's done some good job to actually edit his YouTube videos down and have like the stats on the side and everything so it it's pretty interesting I've watched through um, parts of a few of those and usually comment in his thread every time he does one so oh, yeah we got all this kind of stuff going on here but if you're just looking for more Dragon Quest Slime Time side quests or tactfully die or die another day stuff, check out our library of episodes over on the Dragon's Den, over on Anchor FM, on Apple Podcasts, Audible, YouTube. You know, wherever the hell you're listening to this episode, they're all there. So just go ahead, listen to more, like, subscribe, write a review for the podcast wherever you are right now. Yes, and if you have a suggestion for shoot your side quest episode or, hey, you just want to you know, send Platty a little love note and tell him how much you can't you wait to hear his sweet voice the next time an episode comes. 
you can <laughs> hear from you. Uh, you can reach out uh, to Platy uh, via PlattyM3 on Twitter or Discord or the Dragons Den. You can also contact uh, me, Yangus Legendary Bandit, on the Dragons Den via personal message or on Dragons Den Discord or on Twitter. Uh, just look up Yangus the Legend. Uh, we have a list full of ideas, and we're happy to add some more. And hey, if you're looking to send any love notes to Platy, uh, you know we can uh, hit you up with his real address. You can send him your little poems and sweet surprises and chocolates and flowers. Because hey, guess what? It'll be Valentine's before you know it. Oh, he needs God, all the I'll, love he can get, everybody. I'll need to buy yet another Dragon Quest Slime Time shirt. <laughs> <laughs> hey, get it in pink. Get it in pink. It'll be just the right time. I'll, I'll, have to, I'll have to start doing those shirts like my Bucky shirts. You know, get one for every season, one for every holiday. There you go. Perfect. And and if people keep sending me chocolates, I'll have to get one in every size, too. <laughs> just give them to the kids. It'll just be like, here, uh, eat that. Yeah, that's true. They burn it all off. All right. With that, I'm just going uh, <laughs> to, before I crack up or have any more jokes come out of me, I'm just going to say, bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. Side quest complete. Bye.